Hey, yo, welcome to another edition of 43.6, the sports podcast you always wanted. I'm Dustin Perry, and I'm joined by James Key. Hello, James. Dude, hot open. We went hot. We, we, ju- we jumped into the, the channel for literally three minutes, and we're like, let's just fucking go. Like, that's, that's the theme for this week is let's just fucking go. Let's we're going all go. out. Oh, brother. Oh, no. You, you, it, it only took less than a minute before someone made an all-out, all-in joke. This is, of course, all-in weekend, and we're also joined by Maddie Key. Hello, Maddie. Yo, a very Chipotle-filled me. <laughs> like, so here's the thing. Very Chipotle-filled. I have a Chipotle not too far from my office. So okay. Okay. in the uh, unfortunate situations where I have to go into the office, which now is two days a week, I often frequent Chipotle. Now, when you get the chips, because I feel like it's not even optional at this point. You just have to get the chips because it's so fucking good. Are you guys getting a side of like guacamole or queso, queso? blanco? Or- Fuck queso, 100%. no. Why? I got the whole meal. To, I was just saying this. I got the whole meal to dip my chips in. I don't need the the guac or the queso. No. Also, you need, low you key, need I got diversity. super. I got super blitzed once with my buddy Bill, and we ate a whole jar of queso and tostitos, and I puked. And now I can't have queso anymore. It just doesn't sit well with me. Dude, okay. we mashed the whole bag and the whole jar of tostitos queso. It was not good. No, you're saying tostitos queso. That's a totally different thing altogether. The especially now at Chipotle where they have the queso blanco, it's fucking fantastic it's and it's warm. Good. That's what I it's, had. Yeah, it's very good. Maybe yeah, I'll try. No, it. but I mostly just I, dip the chips in the meal. Like we were taught, Maddie is and I almost have the same order. So my order, mm-hmm. okay, my order at Chipotle is one full steak, one full chicken, a little bit of rice, both beans. Hold on, we're we're, we're talking bowls. Bowl. Or we're talking, it's like, a bowl. Bowls. Yeah. I don't get no burrito wrap. Are you kidding? Well, I'm just. I mean, you haven't specified yet. So if I was working at Chipotle, this motherfucker comes up to me saying, I want chicken and beef. I'd be like, hold your horses, partner. Are we getting the taco right now? Are we getting the bowl? Yeah. Are we getting the burrito? Little, what are we doing? A little ahead of ourselves. But then a little bit of rice, both beans, uh, lettuce, medium sauce, and a little bit of cheese. I'm a very simple guy when it comes to that. But then you dip it. Oh, baby. You dip those very salty with a hint of lime chips. Heaven, sir. No, like, honestly, it's the biggest, like, hack when it comes to, like, hitting your macros is Chipotle. It's the easiest way to do it, like, to hit your protein goals, your carb goals, your veggie goals, and everything like that. Obviously, you can't go crazy and get, like, extra queso and extra cheese and sour cream and all that shit. But, like, the salsa and, you know, like, the tomato salsa and the corn and all that shit, and it's it's just the best hack. I get the green. The problem was the medium yeah, the green, green one's also. good because it's yeah. spicy it's also like five calories per teaspoon for that shit oh, so beautiful um, i would put that shit I, I would put that on anything if i had the opportunity also i think that's why so many like wrestlers and athletes go to chipotle is because for quick and easy it's like i mean it's not like the healthiest food in the planet but it's compared to your other options probably fairly healthy i like think it's it, because you have the option to make it how you want right because you can do the white rice you can do the black beans you can do the chicken and then yeah lettuce and the fajita veg if you want and i guess the the mild salsa and then like you're fine like nothing is overly heavy in sodium or in fat it's just pure protein and vegetable right and a little bit of carbs from the rice right right oh but you can go no rice and no beans and then it's no carbs 
No, like you just have lettuce and meat. <laughs> Chipotle's like I said, is like if you ask any like professional like bodybuilder or fitness person or whatever, the number one thing they'll always say is Chipotle's the easiest thing on the planet. Do you remember when they had that chicken crisis? What what happened with that? There was they didn't they have some bad chicken or some shit back in the day? And like people were like trying to like down with Chipotle. Do you remember that? It was like two or three years ago. I don't, no? but maybe I'll have, we'll, we'll have to wait for the uh, Weird History Food episode of Chipotle. Do you guys follow that channel, Weird History Food on YouTube? Oh, it's, it was it's really good, actually. It was in 2008. They were implicated in a norovirus outbreak in Kent, Ohio. So it wasn't oh, a couple of years ago. It was like over a decade ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's 15 years, decade and a half ago. They were implicated in a norovirus outbreak. No, it's just, like I said, it's so easy to use Chipotle because, like I said, it's chicken, steak, boom. And the one right Dustin there. went to is Hollowed Grounds. You would have set foot in there when you worked in that area. Me? Yeah. No, I went to Moe's. And then, oh. like, I only hit that Chipotle, like, once or twice because oh. it was – it wasn't there when I worked there. We had moved already by then. But, like, oh. before then, in 20. 10 2011 it was a place called Moe's. what in that same area yeah, yeah. okay I so speaking sure. of which and this is going to be very specific but if you frequent that area of young and eglinton in toronto do you ever see this motherfucker i call him uh, wild bill <laughs> he looks like a cowboy and that's why i call him bill because like a cowboy bill watts uh he looks like a cowboy he's dressed all black he's got a fucking cowboy hat on he's always got like a bunch of keys on his belt Man, Bro, I this guy. Been, I haven't been at Young and Egg. I worked at Young and Egg or frequented it regularly since like 2013, 2014. Let me tell you, if you take one trip down there to Young and Eglinton one day, look out for my boy, Wild Bill. He's always just hanging around the streets, dangling his keys. I don't know if he owns like a hot dog stand over there or something, but everybody, every, every area has place. one. Every area. When yeah. we were in none of it for Smash Wrestling, there was a guy that used to walk up and down the street and I would see him every morning sitting in the diner. Uh, I say every morning. I think we're only there for two nights. <laughs> uh, when we were sitting in the diner for breakfast, this guy, he had like a ski mask on and he'd carry around a crowbar and he said he was like the, the local superhero or something. Um, I can't repeat what he called himself on air, but oh boy. it was a racial oh slur boy. and then mask was his name. Uh, oh boy. Yeah. So there was every a, area there has a, one. Yeah. There's a guy in the street that Jimmy and me grew up on where like, there was like legends of this dude where he'd walk around with his hands behind his back, like hunched over and just being like, psst, psst. And like my buddy, Steven and me, who like, we grew up next door to each other. would fucking terrified of this guy. Yeah. <laughs> every, <laughs> every, every block has one. Now it feels like in Toronto, every block has one in, in the six boroughs of, of Toronto. And now everyone just has a podcast, and we thank you for listening to this one. On this week's episode, we're going to be talking about CM Punk, Sheldon Keefe, and the time is upon us once again. NFL Week 1 is this weekend, folks. And we're going to talk about all of our predictions for this season, plus give you our picks, our lock it in parlay picks for this week one and we're going to continue to do this all season long so you um can hopefully cash in on some of these uh <laughs> expert opinions we're about to give you not and real betting advice no not at all but uh please if, play responsibly uh, FanDuel, 
if FanDuel does want to sponsor us, like Now Your Treasures has, which we'll talk a bit more about later, uh, please reach out to us, FanDuel. We'll I mean, more they're going to need people. They're going to need spokespeople, right? All these it's a good point. gambling places, they got no more athletes. I mean, we're yeah, barely sure. athletes. We have a golf I found it funny that <laughs> Sunday <we're>, we'll <laughs> we do have a golf tournament Sunday. Um, I found it funny that like when they said, "Oh, it's uh, going to be outlawed for athletes and former athletes and uh, celebrities." I think it was the three categories to uh, endorse these online or gambling outlets in Canada uh, going forward. But it said starting like February. I'm like, huh? I wonder if Feb- I wonder why February after right? the Toronto All Star <laughs> Game. Everything. Oh, after the uh, Super Bowl is probably. Oh, that uh, too. Yeah. Well. Yeah. It's a good point. February just seemed like a very uh, arbitrary date for anything else other than the Super Bowl. So, I don't know. I just thought that was kind of funny that they would uh, stop right there. But before we get into the heavy sports topics, we do like to see what's been going on in our lives, what's been happening in the uh, time we've spent away from each other in the past week. Uh, who wants to go first? I'll go first because honestly, it's go. been Starfield since Friday. That's all I've done. Like I have big a kid; con- she doesn't exist. Big controversy. So for those of you who that game, for those of you who don't know, uh, we've talked about it on this show previously. Starfield is a new video game that came out, mm, sort of came out this past week, and by sorta, I mean it's free, quote unquote free, if you have a subscription to Xbox Game Pass. As of Tuesday, but right. The actual release date isn't until uh, Tuesday, September the 5th or whatever. But if you want to play it five days early, you just got to pay them an extra 40 bucks and uh, they will let you play it four days early. We, I kept seeing the updates that you guys were posting in Discord. I don't know if it was you posting it or someone else posting it, but of like the active users on Steam and how it was like 200,000 people or more at times yeah. actively playing Starfield at that time. I'm like, Jesus Christ. That's Multiply that by a $40. Lot of people. Right, 200,000 people times 40. And obviously, there's so many more people who weren't necessarily playing on Steam. They were playing on Xbox. And I feel like, I, maybe not, but I feel like uh, more people are playing this on their Xbox than they are on Steam. But I could be wrong. But nevertheless, even if you just say an equal amount, that's almost half a million people who spent the extra 40 bucks to play this game five days early. Now, I didn't. And I, I was like, jokingly making fun of maddie for uh being a sucker and paying that money but i mean he's he has no issues like he's having a great time right no it's awesome and like honestly this is the thing i if this was any other week i'd be like whatever screw it the fact that it was a long weekend and my wife is going to her parents uh tomorrow night for a couple days it just made sense because i can you know she's going to lunch with friends or she went to lunch with friends today played it today she she's leaving tomorrow night great you know so for me it was it was a (laughs) no-brainer she's leaving great (laughs) (laughs) yeah but you know what i mean right it just it it just made sense now if you're like on the fence of whether you wanted to play it no absolutely not doesn't make sense don't do it but i i'm like a bethesda whore and i'll fully admit it like I've bought Skyrim five times. So you're telling me I'm not going to pay $30 to play 
Starfield early access? No. It's I like how Todd Howard even joked about releasing Skyrim five times. In his statement, when he was talking about the Starfield release, he's like, and then we did Skyrim, and Skyrim again, and Skyrim again. Like, at least he is fully aware that they released that game a bunch of times, which is funny. Right. I have Skyrim on launch, and then I have Skyrim Xbox Anniversary Edition, and then I have Skyrim PC, then I have Skyrim Nintendo Switch complete like anniversary legendary edition or whatever so <laughs> and then i have skyrim xbox one i gotta try the VR i mean i'm shaking i gotta try skyrim i'm shaking VR. my head I'm, I'm shaking my head but like yes. i'm sure if i turn around behind me and look at the stuff on my bookshelf like i guarantee you there's happy gilmore on vhs and there's happy gilmore on dvd and there's happy gilmore on hd dvd and there's happy gilmore on blu-ray <laughs> so i can't really uh criticize um I don't know if I'm if I'm going to be as crazy about Starfields as other people are. I often don't get too deep into anything that's like super sci-fi. So, we'll see. I mean, I loved Fallout 4. But and this is just Fallout 4 in space. So, yep. is that going to be something I minus that to? Yeah, there's no vat. And honestly, <laughs> when I played Fallout 4, Never use VATS once. Well, hold on. There is VATS, but it's only for like ship combat and only yeah, if you have that. the skill unlocked. I don't know. I don't think I'll ever, ever so, even use it. I was listening to Podcast Unlocked where, on IGN where they reviewed it and eh, it's a bad review. But um, the one thing that I thought was interesting that the host did was he had them rank the universes that they like, like how they, how they, liked the universes i guess so like between the elder scrolls fallout and starfield like after playing starfield for 30 hours as opposed to these other games for thousands of hours which i still think is kind of whack but maddie like where would you rank if you were to say the universe is based on oh that's easy it goes elder scroll starfield Fallout. interesting because I guess the host was saying that most people are either like they don't detest the other universe; they just have a preference. So like you're mm-hmm. either kind of an Elder Scrolls guy or you're a Fallout guy. So like Dustin, I imagine you're a Fallout guy over an Elder Scrolls guy. I have never played Elder Scrolls Online or Elder Scrolls or any of them, and that's specifically because I'm just typically not into the fantasy genre. Yeah, so like that's things like that just don't resonate with me. So yeah. I think that's any anytime Maddie recommends like oh you should play Final Fantasy whatever I'm like I'm never gonna play this game. It not yeah. only is it like the fantasy genre, probably loosely if you like look at it as compared to like Elder Scrolls is, but that in like JRPGs I'm just not into either, other than like Pokemon. So, which is the that's polar all- opposite of me because that's like my like, <laughs> final, yeah. like fantasy yeah, and RPGs. Yeah, yeah, like those are the top two for me. But yeah, no, I would say Elder Scrolls, Starfield. But the thing is, is like same thing to what Dustin says. I'm not a fan of like the whole post-apocalyptic radioactive like event that causes this whole thing and you're like scavenging and you're like that's not my thing yeah. like if i if if i like sci-fi which i would put fallout as a sci-fi branded type like genre but i want like high sci-fi where it's like crazy tech and like alien civilizations where there's like these mass old temple or shit you want mass yeah effect. exactly yeah so what? Actually, that's a good game to bring up. Would you consider this like Mass Effect meets Bethesda? Yes. Hmm. Minus the alien races, because there's not like a lot of alien races around that you see yet. And again, I'm only about 
20 hours into the game. So cool. like I haven't, it could be something that comes later, but like I've come across like ruins and shit like that. Well, speaking of many hours into this game, since I did not buy it um, or buy the early access, I should say, I was watching a lot of Twitch streamers and specifically I was watching kind of funny. I don't know if you guys saw this, but what they were doing and they do this like for a lot of like game launches, but this one just got out of hand. They would say, okay, we're going to play this game until you guys essentially tell us to stop. <laughs> so for every like subscription that they get on Twitch would add 30 seconds to the stream. And I would like just tune out and tune back in. I feel like every time I tuned back in after taking a few hours off, there was still like 15 hours left on the stream. I'm like, Jesus Christ, these guys are going to be going all weekend until it got to a point where they just ended up tuning it down to like, okay, one subscription is 10 seconds. And they're like, okay, one subscription is one second. So they got to like 48 hours of consistently just playing fall or uh, follow <laughs> playing Starfield for 48 straight hours from like when it first came out to uh, at some point Saturday morning. So people are loving it, right? Like the IGN review that we were just talking about had like seven out of 10 or whatever. And I mean, on their scale, it's still good. But for the level of engagement that it has online, for the amount of people that are playing it, the amount of people who bought early access, everyone seems to really enjoy it. So I can't wait to jump into it. I won't be able to jump into it soon as I'd like to because, and I guess I'll uh, jump into what's going on with me. This week, I said, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to do it. So I booked a ticket to San Francisco <laughs> and I am going to see the Blue Jays play the Oakland A's on Tuesday and Wednesday. And then on Friday night, I'm seeing the Giants play Colorado and then flying back home on Saturday. So whatever, I'm just going to do it because I have the time and why not? And I have to get these uh, ballpark stamps at some point and I don't know if I'm ever going to convince people to go to Oakland <laughs> with me. So I'm just going to uh, do it while I can. So that's essentially all that i have going on i'm just preparing for that Careful i did watch San Fran, man it's like a fucked up city nowadays like it's like the most crime riddled city in the states oh i've seen that but fortunately i don't have i'm not renting a car i don't really have any luggage i'm bringing my backpack uh yeah i saw like all those tiktok videos of like people breaking into cars in san francisco i'm like i don't have a car to break yeah. into so i'm literally <laughs> just taking the <laughs> i'm going from the airport to uh the train station which will take me to my hotel and I'll probably do a few things like uh, I'll go to Alcatraz and I'll do a couple other like touristy San Francisco things. I definitely will be going uh, to one of the in and outs for sure. Because, I mean, I went there earlier this year when I went to L.A. But I think you have to go to In-N-Out Burger when you go to California. I think it's just a, a, <laughs> a required thing to do. But yeah, last night I did watch a WWE. Oh, yeah, I say, I say last night because we are recording a bit early because of the, the holiday. Because, but we don't want to miss an episode. So that's why we're recording a bit early this week. I did last night, so Saturday night, watch WWE Payback, and I do got to say. It was a good show, man. They just nail it with those things, man. Like, I know a lot of people are down on their product in terms of, like, how the TV is and whatever, and there's a lot of weird things that they do, but, man, they're filling buildings more than they ever have, and they have more stars on the roster than they've ever had, and they do a pay-per-view that didn't even have Roman Reigns or Cody Rhodes wrestling. That was good. good. Like yeah. they figured out a way to make Nakamura a main eventer, which I don't know how they slept on it so long. Like it's real easy just to add subtitles and lean into the Japanese oh my God. anime. Like that that whole thing was amazing. That, that was so cool. I, I'm glad you brought that up because I kind of forgot about it. That before the main event started, where they did that anime intro 
of the story of how or why um, Nakamura is where he is and what he plans to do. I'm like, this is fucking brilliant. Yeah, like, what is, it's, do it's this. five years too late. <laughs> like, great. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Trish and Becky was amazing. Um, it was just like, it was just a good show. Like, it was just a nice and tight quality show. You know, Jay, Jay Uso is a surprise. I, I imagine some people speculating that Cody's trading himself to SmackDown for Jay Uso so that he can finish the story. Um, I don't know. It was just good. I don't want to spend too much time on it. I really enjoyed it. I watched it in the background. What I thought was cool, though, um, six matches. Like, fuck. Nice and tight. If this is an, an AEW pay-per-view, there'd be 20 more matches on top of that. <laughs> and it would go for, it'd go for seven hours, and you want your eyes would be bleeding by the end of it. And I say that as AEW is about to have a pay-per-view tonight that no one gives a shit about. Um, all, I mean, honestly, look at this card. It sucks. But what I will say... Um, coming out of that show, I was thinking, oh my god, there's so many places to go right now. Like, you have Judgment Day winning the tag titles, which I thought was weird, but like, if you think about it... Those okay, dudes well, are hurt. Those dudes are hurt. Both of them. Kevin, Sam, Sammy's got the burst of sack on his elbow that's about to burst, and then Kev's ribs are, I think, I think they're fucked, so... Well, I mean, that dive off the... whatever yeah. you call that, through the table, like, standing, like, bracing himself off Ben Boone before he jumped... Um, yeah, that looked pretty rough when we landed. Everyone got fucked up in this show, honestly, man. You see Trish had like a big knot on her forehead, too. Like, everyone got pretty messed up in this show. But what I was going to say, like, Judgment Day winning the tag titles. <laughs> and when they won, I was I said to one of my buddies, was like, oh, you know what red leather belts plus blue leather belts means? Purple. Purple leather belts. So hopefully that means we're going to get rid of one of these uh, sets of championship belts. And Judgment Day will have like an undisputed tag title with uh, a purple strap, which would be kind of cool. There you go. But we're coming close to uh, Survivor Series. Which is And uh, I don't know. Where is Survivor Series? Chicago. Oh, oh, very interesting. Uh, we'll get to that as uh, one of our top stories. But I'm just saying, like, it looks like there's, uh, you know, things being placed that so you can have. Uh, Kevin and Sammy on one side against the Judgment Day in a Survivor Series match, and there's probably like who, like I mean, Rey Mysterio can join one of those teams. It's like there's there's things that are falling in place. It's almost like they have long term storytelling. All of a sudden, it's pretty cool. James, what about you? Yeah, I think uh, you mentioned it earlier as uh, an aside, but I'm like back on my Pokemon kick, man. My kid pulled a gold Charizard from Obsidian Flames, so. I was really proud of her, so I'm. I sent it in for grading, and now I'm back uh, into that kind of shit. So I've been playing, picking a game to play. I got to finish up one of the games. I don't remember, but one of the older games. I think it's X and Y. I got to finish. So I'm gonna go back and finish. X that and up. Y. X and Y was on the 3ds, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna polish that one off, <clears throat> and then maybe I'll jump into Scarlet or Violet. Um, although. I don't know. I don't know if I have the time, but you know, might do it. We'll see. Or the uh, funds. So, Scarlet and Violet was fun. I don't. I don't think I put any as near as many hours into Scarlet and Violet as I did in Legends Arceus. Which I really like Sword was, and Shield, but I don't know if I'll if I'll. In, I've heard like all the glitches and stuff. Like I don't know. And like the what is it the the thing where they merge. Is that a in thing that game where they merge? Where they like have? Are you two... talking about like? No, they there's this thing where like each Pokemon has like a secret type that when you like trigger it, so you could have Charizard as an Earth type. Okay, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, 
it's... The a lot of the glitches have been patched out. Okay. <clears throat> okay, so if we're talking about that, I feel like that's the most recent one. That's in Scarlet and Violet, right, Matt? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so like, honestly, I probably came very close to finishing all the, you know, objectives, we'll say, in that game. Like, there's eight badges to get, but then there's eight something else and eight something else. I think I did like eight, eight, seven. There might be like one that I forgot to do and before I fell out of playing the game. But like, the whole like, oh god, what do they call it, Maddie? Like, the actual evolution form? Do you remember? Uh, oh yeah, it's called like terastalizing or terastalizing. Yeah, it's, it's like it's like I didn't even know that was an English word. I'm like, oh okay, it's a terrasizing uh, form. Whatever. It's so rarely used, other than like a boss battle for one of those eight collectibles that you need to get. So you can go through the entire game without ever using it or worrying about it, unless you plan on playing it online and all that gar garbage. But yeah, if yeah. you're just playing it single player, you'll be fine. Yeah, because yeah. they're called like terror types. So like I said, Charizard can be also a lightning type or something like they have like an associated terror type. So um, like Raichu is water and shit like that. So <clears throat> like it's, it's actually fun. not a bad idea. Like mm. so it makes you think of the battle differently. Like if you know you're going into, let's say, an, an electric gym or whatever, like, OK, I'll just load up on rock type Pokemon and I'll just fuck up these electric things. No problem. But then like the final Pokemon that you're facing changes its type to like water. I don't water or something yeah and it just totally like blows all your rocks out of the water right so yeah, yeah so you got to be a little more balanced and prescriptive yes right. but no it's okay. good and like the the end game area is actually pretty cool all right i'll check it out all right we mentioned them off the top and all throughout the whole thing so it's probably worth uh mentioning right at the beginning here uh cm punk of course uh formerly of all elite wrestling is no longer with All Elite Wrestling. And we talked about it last week of the whole situation with him and Jack Perry and what allegedly happened. We still don't really have a clear picture on exactly what happened. Um, there's a whole lot of reports swing, uh, swinging around the internet. And I don't know if other sports are like this. I don't think it is. But wrestling is like this weird thing of like, no one has like a true idea of what's going on because you never really know who's like lying to you and who's not the the problem here and we'll like we'll speed through this because uh, we don't have to belabor it too much is that there's nobody in charge like tony khan is not in charge i'm sorry but there, I, there's nobody and you, you can tell how the product comes across you can tell when people go into business for themselves like if somebody tried to pull that shit in wwe like, even I'm going to put someone through the glass. They go through the, the curtain. I'm just trying to get heel heat. They'd be fucking fired. Like, because they're agent. There's, there's, there's a hierarchy of things in WWE where, like, people are accountable to somebody. And they're accountable in a system. There, there's none of that in, in AEW by the looks of it. You can just tell. Like, you, you, can, you can see it in the product. So, to, uh, to elaborate on that, what James is talking about... From what we understand to be the story of what happened, and I know we talked a bit about this on the show last week, so I'll be quick with this. Jack Perry ha was told not to use glass in a few in a few episodes prior. He did it at the pay-per-view and then looked right at the camera and said something stupid like, oh, I just used some glass. Cry me a river. Um, like very clearly and obviously referencing CM Punk when he did it. Um, so when he came back through the curtain, and again, this is like all the reports that we've heard online. So this none of this may have happened, but this is like the story that is uh, most frequently floating around as to be the truth. And he, CM Punk, confronted him and said, "Do we have a problem?" And Jack uh, clearly lies to him 
and says, oh, just trying to get some heel heat, which is fucking bullshit because that's not heel heat. That's not how you get. No one heat. knows that it's real glass, so it doesn't it doesn't translate to heat. Everyone assumed it's real glass because it's on a fucking car. Like that's not what's going to get you heat. What's going to get you heat is doing something underhanded or doing something uh, outside Diabolical. the rules. Which, right? Something evil. Like that's just something we see on every fucking te- week on television. It doesn't mean anything. Anyways, trying to get some heel heat, which is hilarious. But uh, even like the whole thing of like, uh, anyways, doesn't matter. The point is, um, at after him saying that and clearly lying to CM Punk's face, <laughs> there's a skirmish that happens. I don't know who throws the first punch. I don't know who how it all starts. It doesn't matter. A fight breaks out, and they're separated. Punk does his match. Jack Perry's kicked out of the show, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. We get to this week, and Tony Khan uh, fires CM Punk because there is a investigation as to what happened so to clarify before the investigation piece apparently punk was choking out uh jack perry and like they had to be separated and then punk was like lunging at tony khan saying i i quit like basically like fuck this place i quit whatever because that adds context to what tony says in his speech (laughs) that's true that is true. So, yeah. And also, it's also funny going back and looking at it now. Like, people are showing images of Smo Joe during his entrance, and he has, like, blood all over him, <laughs> like, during his entrance. So, like, Jack Perry probably got fucked up. And, again, like I said last week, just because CM Punk didn't do very well in the UFC doesn't mean he's not a fighter. And, like, right. Jack Perry's step into him. The worst fuck him UFC up. fighter would beat the shit out of 90% of... Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. I remember, I think it was on Off the Record, like, however many years ago, Triple H was asked, like, if a fight broke out in the locker room, like, who would win? And he didn't say himself, and I think it was Michael Landsberg who was doing the interview. He was like, really, not you? He's like, no, man, I'm an entertainer. Like, fuck that. Like, I'll be <laughs> running out of there as soon as possible. I'm not getting in a fight. This is not yeah. what I do. Um, James, you bring up a great point, and I think I briefly touched on it last week where I said, um, if Shawn Michaels did what CM Punk did, Shawn Michaels ain't getting fired, Right. Uh, he, one's the star and one's not. If you put it into like that context and that lens, it's like, what if Austin Matthews got in a fight with Ryan Reeves? Are we firing Austin Matthews? <laughs> like, are we putting him on the training block? Dude, they fire the not. coach before they trade the players. You know what I mean? Like, like, I don't give a fuck what or who started the fight. You're not, you're not cutting Austin Matthews. You're not. Mm-hmm. But in this situation, for whatever reason, they felt like it was a good idea to let go of uh, the biggest star in the company who is uh, making the most dollars for them. And like, it's not even close. If you look at their uh, merchandising numbers, it's like it's CM Punk up here and then the field about 50, yeah. 50 feet down is like an AEW logo shirt. And then the next one down is like a FTR slash CM Punk shirt. It's like <laughs> it's not even close. He's anyways. Uh, there was a statement that came out from Tony Khan. Uh, the termination follows a week-long uh, internal investigation of an incident occurring backstage at AEW. Also, I hate the term backstage. It's like we're a fucking play or something. It's a locker room, you know? Anyways. Uh, backstage AEW at All in London on Sunday, August 27th. Following the investigation, the AEW Discipline Committee, which is fucking another hilarious probably one. Probably Kenny Omega, Matt Hardy, and the Young Bucks. Uh-huh. Uh, the Discipline Committee met and later convened with outside legal counsel, and I'm pretty sure their legal counsel is uh, the Young Bucks' uh, wife. Um, Although it does say outside legal counsel, so maybe it's not. Outside legal counsel before making a unanimous recommendation to Khan that CM Punk be terminated with cause. 
Um, uh, also, before the event on Saturday night, which was in Chicago, which largely is advertised off the name of CM Punk, Tony Khan, and give him credit for this, did go in front of the audience before the show started and told them what's up and said, Punk's not going to be Dude. here tonight. He's not going to be here tomorrow. He's gone. And he got booed out of the building. He said and he I feared feel bad for his life. Dude. And so that's the thing I'm trying to get to, where he eventually said that, and I don't know if it was in that statement, or it was a statement that aired on the TV before the episode started, that he has never felt like he's been feared for his life before. Yeah, of course. Like, daddy money bags. Like, the dude never had challenges in his life. He shouldn't, like, again, it's a dude playing with action figures. It, it might as well, AEW should just rename itself to Extreme Warfare 2023. Like, there's no, it's, the guy, he, he's, he's just playing with toys, and it's never more apparent than when you let, you have an altercation, and then you let these, let people, like, bicker at each other, like the the like punk too like he's out there antagonizing them they're antagonizing him and like it just goes back and forth until it like and nobody puts a stop to any of it do you know what i mean and that's a problem there's nobody there running running the show right vince russo it's funny i was saying to you before the show vince russo said the almost the same thing that i was thinking in one of his tweets like Tony Khan doesn't have the balls to run a successful company. This is the beginning of the end for that company, I think. Honestly, again, at the end of the day, these are guys who never had to work in a proper company, never had to answer to anybody, and probably have chips on their shoulders because of it, and now they don't know how to function in that kind of system. And it's no more apparent than than this, right? You, you, All the vets, all the guys who, like are very pro like pro cm punk all the young guys you know are not and you can say that it's oh it's it's you know professional jealousy whatever or like you know old guys move make way for new guy but it's not like punk was putting over young guys all over the place so here's the one thing i, I do actually a few things i want to clear up here first of all we still haven't heard what punk's side of the story is which so I would like Illustrated to res- said is they're expecting something. Yeah, so I think we're going to get those answers at some point, and I think it'll be very interesting to hear his side of the story. Because as of right now, we don't really know anyone's real side of the story. We're just dealing off like information that Nick Houseman has got. Who, and, I mean, he's doing a, a good enough job for um, wrestling media, so good on him. But like, this is this is what we're basing this off of reports, right? We don't know Punk's side of the story. We don't know what this like investigation, like they said they found footage from the building, which led to the termination. So, I mean, it very well could be very damning in saying like, okay, he absolutely should have been Dude, what the fired. fuck? If Tony Khan felt like his life was, he was there. Who else needs to investigate? You own the company. Right. And so there's also that aspect of it where I don't think his life was ever in danger, no. to be honest with you. Vince but, Russo said that was another day in the office. He said, he said, obviously, Tony Khan doesn't know what the wrestling business is like because this shit happens all the time. It's just someone right. is there to put a stop to it and it stays in the back. Or there's enough level of respect for the guys in that position where that wouldn't happen. Like, for example, I don't think there's, I can't imagine there's been a time where someone has, other than Bret Hart, who's physically assaulted Vince McMahon. But even in WCW, Goldberg and Jericho got into it, and then it was over. Like, they, they, the show well, kept... 
Sure, but there's also a situation where Arn Anderson tried to stab Sid Vicious. <laughs> and the, so in that situation, Arn got let go. Um, anyways, I guess the point I'm trying to make is clearly something happened with Punk and Tony. And I think that's more the sticking point rather than what happened with Punk and Jungle Boy. Because I can't imagine you're firing someone for beating up a, a job guy. Because if, if we're looking at this in the lens of like, it's millions of dollars the- out the door for for what right and and my thing is it's actually i think it's very similar to brendan shanahan and kyle dubas and that's like i think punk screaming at him that he quits is like tony Khan. Well, if you're not invested then i don't want you here like i think that was more i bet you that's more of what it is than anything else is like if you're going to scream at me in my face that you quit and basically insult my company then goodbye which okay sure but then say that like don't mask it behind a bunch of other shit like i don't know it just feels kind of like yep. again if you feel fear fear for your life under those circumstances well, you're a fucking jabroni dude i just think we have a lot more questions right now than we probably should after a statement that comes out because i'm curious of wow. who this and if very, that gets uh, more mainstream coverage than their actual shows that's embarrassing it already has that's what I mean, right? <laughs> it definitely already has. And like, as I said off the top of the show, I mean, they have a pay-per-view tonight and no one cares, right? Here, well, I'm well, more int- books pay-per-views on back-to-back weekends, just saying. Right. Uh, I'm more interested to find out who this uh, alleged discipline committee is. I think that would be... You, it's Matt Hardy. Look at him on, look him on, I, look him on my Twitter. That guy's celebrating. Okay. Mm, I know. A lot of this just has a funny scent to Your it. Your car crash brother um, was more popular than you were, pal. In any event, <laughs> I think it's this story is not over, and I can't wait to hear a whole lot more about it. Um, also, something that we talked about previously on this show was what we thought was going to happen with the Maple Leafs and Shelton Keefe, and we finally have some sort of clarity on that one. If you recall the press conference with uh, Mr. Tree Living. The, the point of attack was 1A, we're going to get Austin Matthews re-signed. And then 1B, we're going to deal with Sheldon Keefe. Now, at the time, I took that as we're going to look to re-sign Austin Matthews, and then we're going to decide whether we fire Sheldon Keefe or not. <laughs> I wasn't expecting to see a contract extension. Now, they haven't really specifically said what the details are, how much it is. Uh, how long it is. Although, two years. Right. Everyone's kind of assuming that it is two years. The multi-year contract ends up just being two years, which I guess is technically a, a multi-year contract. Are you guys surprised at all of Sheldon Keefe now? So if it was me, I'm thinking, why don't you ride out this year and see what, like, see what you have? Or do you think you've seen enough and you're okay with Sheldon Keefe coming back? So it's, I think it's pretty much done saying that it's two years. Now the dollar figure, who knows? But honestly, this is a, you have next year to see how you do and they can get rid of them and just be like, all right, you're gone. This isn't really security in the sense of full confidence. This is a, hey, I'm a new GM. This steadies the boat for me or one less thing I have to think about for the next you know year and a half. But it's an easy out where if they're really shit or they don't perform in the playoffs, either this forthcoming year or the one after, Treliving is easy to 
bury or get rid of one year left on a contract. This yeah. is the, uh, coaches get this all the time. That's a good point. Like, I wonder if there's multiple factors in it. Number one, I mean, he gets signed to his extension after Matthews gets his deal. So I wonder if there's a part and parcel. Like, I mean, he's got to have interviewed the players, and there must have been a vote of confidence from the players that they wanted Sheldon Keefe at least to stick around, right? Because I would imagine that's an opportunity to say, nah, we're not really into this guy. Uh, and then I doubt he would get an extension, right? And then, like Maddie said, it's a bullet in the chamber for the GM, right? It gives him an out if there's if he needs to make a change. And then the other thing, you know, he said he was going to have a conversation with Keefe. What if Keefe sold him on a plan and said, hey, listen, this is how I envision things going for the next two to three years. And what if Trey Living bought into that? Like, that's entirely possible that Trey Living said, you know what? I like what this guy said. I don't have to go search for another guy to tell me what I want to hear. You know, this this guy has, you know, at least in on paper what I'm looking for, right? And, and especially with the tools, I always had a feeling that, you know, Sheldon Keefe wanted a, a tougher team. I wonder with guys like Bertuzzi and Domi and Reeves, I wonder how he's like, those are new toys for, for I think Keefe's style of play to play with. Let's not forget Keefe playing junior was a, a big shit disturber. So oh, yeah. I don't know if he wants to inject some of that into, into this team, but with these toys, he can, if he wants to. Well, I think what probably happened was is came in and said, yeah, like Kyle and me saw eye to eye on a lot of things, but there's a few things we didn't necessarily see eye to eye on. And, you know, this is where it was and blah, blah, blah. And I think, as you said, it was addressed or I think it's more in line completely with how Treliving is building this team. You know, saying, hey, I have my skill guys. I know I can work with those and whatever, but I need some sandpaper in my lineup to either give them a break, make them feel comfortable, make them feel more confident on the ice. And maybe it's something that Dubas was like, hey, yeah, okay, like maybe a little bit, but not to this degree. Um, and kind of tried to balance it out a little bit versus the coach wants and what Dubas believed. So I think it, this is just something that's more in line with his personal philosophy of how he likes to play the game or coach the game. I also think it's a good look on Trey Living that he doesn't come in here and just upset the apple cart entirely, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, it, maybe he's giving him the benefit of the doubt and he's giving him an opportunity, which is, you know, a guy could come in here and totally clean house and be like, this is my ship. But he's giving guys an opportunity to say, okay, like, if you if you truly believe you belong here, like, prove it. Like, to me, this is a, this is a prove it to Brad deal, right? And he's going to have the opportunity to do it. Like, listen, Maple Leafs, great regular season team. I don't have any uh, worries about Sheldon Keefe coaching this team through the regular season. It's come April, can Sheldon Keefe get what he needs to get out of these guys? And, and you know, from his perspective too. I would say in the last couple of years, it's very apparent that Keefe's been outcoached in the playoffs. Like from the Boston series to, you know, even the... The Columbus, like he's been very the outcoached. First the first Tampa, was it, was it Tampa or Boston? He, he he was in Boston too, wasn't he? Yep, it was Boston. So it, the first one for Keith was Boston, and that was the halfway season that Babcock was let go. Then there was the Columbus series, which was the shortened pandemic. COVID pandemic run, and then there was the first Tampa, and then there was last year Tampa. 
he was also a coach that actually I think he's been even against Ducharme, which is sad because Ducharme's a garbage coach. But I felt he was out coached in that series too. I feel like he's just been out coached in the playoffs in general. So we'll see. Oh yeah, and we forgot about Montreal as well. Yeah. How can we forget? Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> I I think that's why you bring in a guy like Guy Boucher, honestly, who was the candidate after Babcock if they didn't get him to be the Leafs coach back when that signing initially happened. So, and I don't know if that is a good thing. It's probably a good thing for the team, but a terrible thing for fans of the game because Guy Boucher loves playing that old, you know, one, two, two, where you have one forward in two in the neutral zone. And then there are two D man back. It's a very boring style of hockey. Like that dude is the modern day trap style of hockey that Jersey played all through the nineties. Cause his Tampa teams did it when he was there. So, I mean, you'll probably see a more defensive team, maybe a less entertaining team, but again, who knows because he's not the head coach. So maybe it's strictly a, you know, just to kind of give Keith a hand and, you know, give some support on that side, but not completely run into something that is the most boring style of hockey you'll ever see. You think it's a, a Schneider and Mattingly situation where, if you do Possibly. have to make a, a move that you know you have someone who can take over immediately, um, I mean, I wouldn't call them equals because at this point, I think Sheldon Keefe could manage the Jays significantly better than John Schneider could. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. I Mattingly's uh, Mattingly's very like. There's a lot behind Mattingly. I don't know. There's as much behind a Boucher that like. Them, like they're not so but i think maybe the concept is the same is just to strengthen that coaching staff um i mean i don't know what Guy boucher is like personally but watching him coach and watching his pressers and i i'm kind of, i'm intimidated by the man like he's i'm pretty sure villain. he's yeah he's definitely a bond villain so i i would feel like maybe he's there to keep them on task i don't know it's it's interesting. Maybe maybe it's just more weapons for Keefe again, right? I don't know. Yeah, and Manny Maholtra moves upstairs, and then the bench is Boucher and um, I forget who the other guy is. Dean, is, is it Dean Schnauth? No, he's gone, right? I don't know. Let me see. System One of those. coaches. Here we go. Oh, Guy Boucher and Mike Van Ryan. Oh, Mike Van oh, Ryan. Van Ryan yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love my friend, right? Yeah. <laughs> Easily forgettable. But yeah, so uh, Maholtra goes up into the booth. Um, as like Which is interesting because I, I like Manny. No, I do too. But I think for what he does, you don't need him on the bench, you know, because he is kind of like he's he's the one that communicates with upstairs about, you know, replays and stuff like that and having access and right there with them to look at it and then say, yes, go to one of the other guys down there. And then his coaching is probably more direct in terms of practices to work on certain skills, to work on certain things that you don't necessarily need that on the bench. Although for a player of his caliber that, you know, was, you know, not like a top line guy, but definitely got you a lot from that bottom six, um, you know, face offs and, you know, the work ethic and what it took and, and the, odd the guy that, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, not to say it's not valued on the bench, but in terms of how he coaches, it probably makes more sense to, for him to be up there than to crowd the bench with four other people. I like the idea that he's getting a 30,000 foot perspective and he can make notes in real time. So when they go back and watch game tape, they're not 
you know, that he can go to like this point, that point, this point. So I think it'll be good. We'll see. I mean, Mike Van Ryan, I'm stoked for that too. Yeah. Um, former Maple Leaf and Florida Panther. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that expectations are high for the Maple Leafs this year. And we'll have to see how that plays out for them. But there's also high expectations for a lot of teams in the NFL. But we're going to get to that in just a second. Before we get to that, I need to let you know that this episode is brought to you by Now Your Treasures. Now Your Treasures are purveyors of licensed fine art prints for movies, comics, TV, and video games. Sourced from galleries in the U.S. and U.K., which include artists from all over the world. Visit Now Your Treasures on Instagram. Send them a DM 43.6 to receive 43% off any order. All orders are shipped with tracking and complimentary insurance. View the entire ever-expanding inventory at nowyourtreasures.ca or .com. That's N-O-W-Y-O-U-R-T-R-E-A-S-U-R-E-S dot C-A or .com. And remember, go to Now Your Treasures on Instagram. Send a DM 43.6 to receive 43% off your next order. Now, the NFL season is upon us. It is this coming weekend don't you mean degenerate season is upon us do i <laughs> well, it is degeneracy season sir yeah, parlays yes. and yeah. i don't know spreads spreads money line let's just throw it every tagline we can <laughs> more parlays over unders you know i saw this funny ticked off the other day of like per carry. Uh, it was like a husband saying goodbye to his wife for like the next 20 weeks like see you later her like yo okay so i said this i know like obviously we're about to jump into some heavy nfl talk for the next hour 45 minutes ish so i'll just get this out now the next two months i told my wife i'm like i'm sorry like this is gonna be bad because not only is nfl starting again so that's my thursday nights my sundays and my monday nights which is great because we typically record on monday although it's sunday right now watch the game as we're recording the two games it's great Hockey season starting, playoff baseball, and this year we have the Rugby World Cup, which I'm really excited about because Jim's in my home nation. That's fine, Shrug. Oh, I love it. Ireland rated number one this year, which is rare because usually it's either New Zealand or Australia. So, no, it's it's going to be a very sports-packed like couple months from now until October. I'm very hyped. Well, let's not also forget that you're currently playing Starfield. And before you know it, Spooderman comes out. Yeah, before you know it, just like Green Day says, wake me up when September ends. Um, it's going to be October and Spider-Man 2 is going to be out. And we're all going to be reminded of like, oh yeah, I have a PS5. Like, I think we've all forgotten that. <laughs> it coughs when I turn it on. Well, it's like I had God of War, Final Fantasy 16, and now Spooderman. And then after those, I probably won't touch it until the Final Fantasy 16 DLC comes out. So, And you could have got Final Fantasy on Xbox, right? No. No. Not yet. No? Time no, exclusive. Not yet. Time no, exclusive. And they announced uh, yesterday, there was a special announcement from the producer who said uh, they're working on two DLC packs and the PC version of the game. But I wasn't. All right. Anyway. I guess that is a reason to have a PlayStation 5. We probably do need to reserve time for an ep- of an episode, probably in November or something, of like what our game of the year is. Yes. Because this uh, year's going to be tough. Yeah, as I say, that can go a lot of different what ways. What we can do is we can do like a post-episode thing and I can cut it off as like a 45-minute or half-hour mini-episode. Mini yeah. 
or we could just jump on one Sunday afternoon, do it as like a quick half hour, 45 minute recording and drop it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's going to be a lot of contenders and cool. much like this coming NFL season, there's a lot of contenders for the Super Bowl. Um, we're going to go division by division and I want to hear what you guys think about the division, who you think is going to be the winner of that division. We're going to okay. start it off hot. Okay. okay. We're going to start AFC East. We're going to start with the AFC East, the division that everyone's talking about, the division that matters the most. Uh, If you're looking at last year, the division winner was the Buffalo Bills. Uh, The second place was Miami Dolphins. Third place was the New England Patriots. And of course, uh, fourth place was the worst team ever in the history of the NFL, the New York Jets. (laughs) Uh, This year might be different, though. Obviously, the Jets have made some changes. You have Aaron Rodgers, of course, in at quarterback. You have all his buddies coming with him. And obviously, Garrett Wilson winning the rookie, at least offensive rookie of the year last year. Sauce Gardner winning defensive rookie of the year. That's insane. Has that, is, is that often? Like, I can't recall the last time that happened where a team had both the offensive and defensive rookie of the year. Yeah, and I couldn't I'm, tell you. That's a good question. I'm not quite sure. But let's not forget that uh, the Bills are really good. And Josh Allen is still Josh Allen. Now, Josh Allen, not very good in the playoffs thus far in his career. I will 100% agree with that. But he lives too close to Toronto. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> but you st- like he's still really, really good. And if you look at the Miami Dolphins with a healthy Tua Tagovailoa, healthy. Tyree. What? Quote, yeah, yeah. whatever that, that means sneezes yeah. and his brain yeah. is mush yeah if, if hey he, you know what if he gets hurt they got mike white so don't worry about it oh true. yeah true hall of famer mike white right <laughs> uh, uh and at wide receiver i think they have one of the best combos at wide receiver in terry kill and jalen waddle so don't necessarily count out the miami dolphins and i mean i think at least in my opinion the team that's probably going to be last in this division is New England Patriots. I know a, a second-year Mac Jones might be better than what we're thinking. And Ramondre Stevenson was fantastic down the stretch uh, in terms of like what was expected of him versus what he uh, produced. They did add Juju Smith-Schuster, who I think is a fraud. is not going to help. So <laughs> And Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Though, like, if I, I'll say this. If you get them within three, four yards, having Zeke there as not your primary rusher, but your goal line rusher and your, you know, first and one or like your third and one or your third and inches where he's probably going to get half of the carries potentially that he got when he was in Dallas. I think it's a good spot for him, to be honest, where it's like, hey, just punch it in when we need you. Maybe get some RPA options on the wide and to, you know, get in a few yards and whatever, because apparently he's been taking a lot of, you know, pass options in practice. So I, I I personally think it'll be a good spot for Zeke, but we'll go through the division, as you said. Well, for me, I'm picking the Buffalo Bills to win the division. They are currently favored on FanDuel with a plus 120 to win the Which, division. Which I, I, we said this last week, and sorry to cut you off again, but like we're going to be using FanDuel's odds sheets and whatever because I know people are like, well, this one says this and this one says this. Just for consistency's sake, we're going to use whatever FanDuel's odds are. Yeah, and I saw, I don't know if it was Bet365 or not, but I saw a tweet on X earlier today 
of someone complaining that they have removed the option of any time touchdown score. And it's now it's a passing score or a rushing score. Like you have to be specific mm-hmm. on that player. Um, and the, the bottom of their tweet basically said, I guess off to FanDuel I go. So, so far in our world, FanDuel seems to be the one that is most consistent and works the best, has an app that works. It's the one we all use. Yeah. Has the same um, You're free parlay. to use whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, they're just way better. Yeah. So you're free to use whatever sports book you want. But for us, FanDuel works the, the best and it's the one that we currently use. So FanDuel is favoring Buffalo Bills at plus 120. New York Jets plus 250. So they are actually value favored to be. Yeah. So, <laughs> OK, so you're saying value. Are you then suggesting that you think the Jets are winning the division, Jay? It's uh, it's hard to say without sounding like a homer, but at the, at the end of the day, what did the Bills do to improve that team that got beat by the Jets last year? What did the Miami Dolphins do to vastly improve their team? Well, they added Juju Smith-Schuster. No, that was no, the Patriots. No, that was the Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they're actually. The, I don't. I don't know what the Dolphins. In terms of the offensive side of the ball, there's not much that the Dolphins. So did, no. the Jets were a what? They were a nine-win team last year? Seven, eight, seven? The Jets were seven and ten last year. Seven and ten? Yes. And they've added Aaron Rodgers. They have a C, uh, another, like a, a second year of Garrett Wilson. They probably have a top-five defense in the NFL. They have Dalvin Cook now as a back, along with a healthy and returning Brees Hall. Uh, I forgot about Dalvin Cook. Right? So, who's only 28 years old. Listen, Dalvin Cook has his issues. However, he's still only 28 years old. The only question mark for the New York Jets, aside from Aaron Rodgers, who, listen, for all intents and purposes, through, I know Hard Knocks is is framed and stuff, looks just fine in that environment, looks like a happy dude, looked pretty good in his couple snaps in preseason. First preseason game since 2018, by the way, for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, (laughs) Must be nice. (laughs) I know, right? Must be nice. Uh, the only question mark is that O-line and if they can protect Aaron Rodgers. And let me tell you, I think that when you're charged with protecting a first ballot Hall of Famer, you fucking find a way to do it. Like Especially- the day they announce he retires is they come out with the jacket for Aaron Rodgers. Like they're going to just bypass the whole, yo, we're going to, you have to be a couple years out for eligibility. No. He just walks right in there. So it's hard for me to say it without sounding like a homer, but I'm I'm gonna Paul Beeson at myself. It's the year, baby. The Jets are taking at least the division. Okay, I I'll say it like this because I am a Jets fan, but not as hardcore as you. I would put it like this: out of that whole division, the Jets are probably the most complete team, top to bottom, in terms of offense, defense weapons on offense both running and receiving their defensive options as well their d-line looks really good um their 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 pass rushers look good their linebackers look like looks fantastic yeah so i will to be to be fair the bills have a fantastic defense as well right but i don't think they're better than the jets defense not not we got the jets quinn williams cj mosley will mcdonald sauce gardner jermaine johnson Reed, they're they're dude. They're they're like, world beaters. That Quentin Williams is gonna have like forty eight sacks this year. Also, like, too, it's, is, it's, 
yeah, like I just think I'm not saying that the the defense for Buffalo is terrible. I just think that they're 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 exposed to be honest comparatively like i think if you put the jets as like the fourth defense the bills are probably six remember that game where the bills quit last year where they were like slowly walking to the line and they basically just quit on the game i can't i can't watch a team like that i can't believe in a team like that i i just don't you know and i'm not saying that's not coming i watched it with my own eyes i'm not saying this is a homer i watched that team quit i don't know yeah also, no Von Miller, who was their stabilizing presence last year until he got hurt and he's still unable to perform, that it's, I don't know, because Von Miller was the one thing that they were missing, not necessarily him as a person, but that ilk of player. Um, and without that, I don't know. I, I think that hurts their defense quite a bit. Um, so I think that's where they'll be exposed. Because uh, you know that game one, Gardner's going to be stapled to digs like stapled yeah so von miller is going to begin the season on the the pup list if you will and that means he's gonna miss at least four games so yeah the first month of the season yeah they're gonna be missing a, a huge key piece on defense well he's like what 123 130 ish career sacks or something like that he is also yeah. 34 years old so right so that's the thing is even if he did come back after the injury that he had would he be the von miller that they need Sure, as a presence and character, absolutely. But you know, as a player, I don't know. I just think, I just think it it, it hurts their defense quite a bit um, to drop them from being a top five caliber D. And listen, this 120, is a strong 120, division. 123 and a half. Oh, so I was close. Yeah. yeah, this is a strong division, right? Like, yeah. At the end of the day, Dolphins, oh, sure. Jets, yeah. Bills. I mean, it's in reality, it's probably a toss up between those three teams. Any one of those teams can walk away the division. I'm just gonna play Homer and, and take the Jets. I, I say it's going to be Jets, Bills, Dolphins, Pats. So you're going Jets as well. I'm just uh, recording all of these as you uh, make your picks. So we can laugh at ourselves at the end of the year when we go back and we look at these picks. And specifically, I think we're going to laugh at me when we look back at the AFC North division. Hold on. Who are you taking? Are you taking the Bills for sure? Like, Yeah, I took, yeah okay. I'm going for the Bills for the NFC or, yeah, the <laughs> NFC, or the AFC East. I just can't type. Bro, um, English hard today. <laughs> English is very hard. No, it's mainly because I know it's the AFC, but like the way I wrote it down in the spreadsheet oh. was I just uh, wrote NFC for whatever reason. So now I got to go in and change all this because I'm going to get confused. Dude, I can't say anything outside of like the work week. My head doesn't work. It's like I reserve that energy for when I'm working outside of that. I'm an idiot. I think it's also because last year we started with the NFC and then uh, anyways, doesn't matter. AFC <laughs> North is the next division on our oh, list. I mean, I this one, okay. Can, I'll start. So, with of course, one. the AFC North, Baltimore Ravens, Cincinnati Bengals, Cleveland Browns, Pittsburgh Steelers. If you look at last year's stats, it was the Bengals with a 12 and 4 record, the Ravens with a 10 and 7 record, the Steelers with a 9 and 8 record, and and the Browns a 7 and 10. I guess that's because they were in between quarterbacks at the time for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, according to FanDuel, the favorite, of course, is the Cincinnati Bengals to repeat as division champion, uh, plus 150. Second place, uh, not too far behind the plus 150 is the Ravens, a plus 210. Uh, Cleveland Browns then plus 400, and then the Steelers uh, plus 470. So I don't think it's out of uh, the realm of possibility 
or I don't think it's unrealistic for me to say that I think the Steelers are going to be the worst team in this division. The uh, Steelers will probably be one of the worst teams in the NFL this year. Um, the Browns, I don't know what to make of the Browns because they're on the Deshaun Watson redemption tour. James, go ahead. Zach Morris, timeout. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You said the Steelers are going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL this year? Did you yes. know that Mike they'll be, they'll Tomlin has five. never missed the playoffs? I'm aware of this. I don't, dude, I don't think. I don't think the Steelers. I have the Steelers vying for number two in that division. I really do. <laughs> I don't. Their think, defense. Will, their, their defense. If they I, stay healthy, will. Carry I don't them. think the Browns are going to be any sort of good. I think the Deshaun Watson thing. I think that's that's bullshit. I think all like Cleveland thinks this is the second coming of. I don't even know if they ever had a good quarterback in Cleveland. So, the first coming <laughs> of Deshaun Watson. Maybe it's the fifteenth coming, depending on what he was charged oh. for. But you know, allegedly. I just I don't allegedly. Uh, I don't. I just don't see the Browns. I just don't. No. I I'm just so here's. Them. I guess my issue is I just don't believe in Kenny Pickett, and I haven't. I've seen not enough of, of anything good from Kenny Pickett to believe in him. So when I look at Deshaun Watson versus Kenny Pickett, I believe that Deshaun Watson is a better quarterback. Now. Do I want to see the Cleveland Browns burst into flames and have a horrendous season and to laugh at Deshaun Watson? Yes. Do I want to see Deshaun Watson get sacked in the first play and have his head smash against the turf and for him to his career to be over? Yes. Do I? Um, <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, I don't think that's going to happen because I feel like, he, unfortunately, he's a good quarterback. So... I, can, I, I, totally, I totally see your point, James. Like, I, I totally get it that like the Steelers are historically a good team, a good enough team to play well in this division. Tomlin yes. finds a way. And that's the thing. It's hard for me to look at this division and count out Mike Tomlin. At the same time, I understand the Ravens are, are decent. Again, I don't even know who plays on Health offense for the Ravens though. outside of Mark Odell, Andrews. And Odell Beckham, now oh, right. Lamar. So, yeah, so here's the thing. With the Baltimore Ravens, you have Lamar Jackson back at quarterback. Obviously, he's looking to make a statement like, like he was healthy. last year. Didn't work out for him because he healthy. got hurt. So, yeah. yeah, so hopefully he's fully healthy. And Lamar Jackson, when healthy, is a top five quarterback in the NFL, at least in terms of everything he brings to the table. He's not, he's not yeah. going to throw for the most amount of yards, but he's probably going to rush for the most. So if you combine a, those two his, things. His arm is underrated. Don't get me wrong. He's got an underrated it arm. Is. Yeah. And honestly, for... For as long as Lamar Jackson has been a part of the Baltimore Ravens organization, I can't think of a time where he's had, like you said, like who's on offense for the Ravens other than Mark Andrews. I don't know if there's ever been a time where he's had a lot of offensive weapons at wide receiver. Like they had a year where they had like Smith Sr., but like he was well beyond his prime at that point. If you look at the offense now, they're finally trying to support Lamar Jackson with some offensive pieces. Like Maddie said, uh, Odell Beckham Jr., is now Baltimore Raven. Now, is Odell Beckham Jr. the player he was years ago? Probably not. Most likely not. But he's still a threat downfield. And An then upgrade over most of what they already had. A significant De- Devin upgrade. Devin Duvernay. Right. Who? Exactly. No, oh. I know there's respect to Devin Duvernay, but he's not exactly a high-profile name in Who? the NFL. Rash- <laughs> Rashad Bateman could be a very good receiver in the NFL. Yes. Hasn't shown it yet, but he still absolutely young. could be. Still young. Serviceable and guys. A lot of people are very high on Zay Flowers. Now, rookie rookie wide receiver, he could be a whole lot of nothing. We don't know yet until the games start playing. 
but people are very high on Zay Flowers. So if you combine those three wide receivers with Mark Andrews, a healthy Gus Edwards and a healthy J.K. Dobbins, right now at least, their offense looks really good. Don't, don't forget their number one weapon, your boy, the kicker. <laughs> you can't – and that's a great point, Maddie. I'm glad you brought up uh, our boy Justin Tucker because with the Ravens, you only, have to get, you only have to get 40 yards down the field and then yeah. Tucker will just – he, he can, kick, he can kick a 65-yard field goal. And he was doing it in practice, although it was teed up and there was no one rushing at him and he was just kind of warming it up. But he but kicked still, like an 82-yard field goal. He can turn he can turn nothing into something, and that's something in the NFL, right? Well, so a play that would usually result in maybe a punt, he's gonna get you three points. He can turn to points, yeah. Although I think a lot of people are rightfully saying those Bengals, this is yep. their division to lose. Yep. Um, with Joe Burrow is, I think, if he's we're arrived. being fair, is probably the best uh, quarterback in the division. Um, if you look yeah. at Joe Mixon, probably best running back in the division. Didn't Joe Mixon, <laughs> look, didn't he leave? No, Joe Mixon's still there. Is he he's still there. there? I'm thinking of somebody and I have both. I have both Mixon and Chase on my fantasy team. And I was going to say Jamar Chase, probably the best wide receiver on this list of at least probably players the, within probably, this division. Probably second best wide receiver top four at least i'm thinking you're thinking justin jefferson and then it's a mash of cooper jamar cup chase cooper cup yep maybe gary I wilson you, i was gonna say i know you want to say it i don't think he's there yet i think he has to have another really 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 good year to put himself there like back to back rookie sophomore year to say so but yeah you're I probably just, putting amon ross st brown higher up on that list yeah um, he's there too in any event i guess all i'm trying to say is that um the bengals are favored for a reason because they have a real good offense. So I think we've talked about all four of these teams, uh, unless you want to go through a bit more of the Cleveland Browns. I know we, they got oh, Deshaun Watson, shit. they got Nick Chubb. The, the Bengals, they just have to find a way to keep Joe Burrow on his feet. Like if they can find a way to do that, they're going to be world beaters. Well, and the thing is, oh, he's had no protection. That's what I'm saying. They got to right, find a way. It doesn't seem like, not that I've last checked, that they did anything substantial to get him that protection. And when you got to play teams, like I said, like games where you're going to have to play the Jets, and as much as I know Dustin doesn't isn't a fan of the Steelers, the defense is not going to be the Steelers' problem. And no, when Joe Burrow has to play them, what, two or three times this season, that Steelers' D is going to eat him alive if that O-line doesn't protect him. You know, yeah, so, I think Pittsburgh's problem is going to be their offense. Like yeah. Nigel Harris is great, but I don't know what you're going to get out of Deontay Johnson and Allen Robinson. Like they're they're solid players. I just I don't I just don't believe in Kenny Pickett. I could be wrong. At the end of the season, we're going to look back and we're going to say, "Oh my God, Kenny Pickett was the MVP," and I can't believe Dustin shit on him for ten minutes. <laughs> but well, I mean, I think it's safe to say we're all taking the Bengals. <laughs> they just again, Burrow needs time in the pocket. Needs Jamar Chase downfield. Or T. Higgins, or like with it, or handing like Mixon had a six touchdown game or five touchdown game last year, right? Like they're built, they're built to win, and they're every year until these players start deteriorating, they're going to be contenders for a Super Bowl. So I think it's unanimous. I'm guessing we're probably all taking the Bengals. Yep. So Bengals, Bengals, and for me, I'm going Ravens, uh, just because. I want to put the energy out in the world. I don't actually think it's going to happen, but I'm going to say it's going to happen just so if it does happen, I look really smart. So 
Uh, James says Bengals, Maddie says Bengals, and mm-hmm. I say the Ravens. Now, moving on to the AFC South division. And the AFC South is everyone's favorite team, Tony Khan's team, the Jacksonville Jaguars, who won that division last year, mind you, mm-hmm. with a record well, of 9 and 8. Yeah, uh, listen, well, we can, we'll get to that. You keep going. <laughs> okay. Tony Khan's Jaguars were 9 and 8, winning the division. Then the Tennessee Titans were 7 and 10. The Indianapolis Colts, 4 and, th- four and 12. And then the Texans were 3 and 13. If you're wondering why that doesn't add up, because the Colts and Texans, I believe, tied each other at some point that season. So that's unfortunate. Uh, and according to FanDuel, Jacksonville Jaguars are favored to repeat at a minus 155. So it's not even, it's not even close as compared to the other, like the other favorites were a plus 150 or plus 120. It's a minus 155 for the Jags to repeat here. Um, the Titans are second on the list with a plus 310. Colts plus 550. And then the Texans, you want some value, plus 1,000. If you uh, five bucks on the Texans to win the division, it's not a horrible idea to just throw some money on the Texans just in case um, the world decides to end and somehow the the Texans end up being a good NFL team. Which, by the looks of it, right now with CJ Stroud as their quarterback, um, throwing the ball to Nico Collins, they got Robert Woods at least. Um, they had the other guy, <laughs> Damian Pierce. They? Yeah, Damian Pierce. Yeah, they, uh, Damian Pierce and Devin Singletary are in the backfield. Uh, Dalton Schultz is playing tight ends, so there, there's something there. A little different. So it'll be the most interesting division. Yeah, I no, think it's not. It's going to be Jacksonville's division because your your one was Trevor Lawrence a little bit of struggles. Your two was him getting his groove, and yeah, it took a bit of the season, but then he marched that team down into the playoffs at the back half of that year. No, no, the Titans lost seven games in a row the back end of the year and the Jaguars had to win games to get in as well I understand I just I don't know I think this division's way tighter than than FanDuel gives the odds for no. oh, between the Titans and the Jags I don't no. I think I think the Jags are going to I think they'll have it locked up by week 15 week 14 also keep in mind Jacksonville uh, most of the offenses back we look at Travis Etienne uh, Christian Ridley. Kirk Evan Ingram is all back they did add Calvin Ridley, who didn't play yep. at all last season. Yep. So that could be a significant piece for that Jacksonville offense because all of a sudden Christian Kirk isn't blanketed by every cornerback, right? Well, who so, the Titans add? Who the Tennessee Titans have at on offense? Oh, brother. All right. Well, it's you have like Ryan Derrick Henry. You have Ryan Tannehill. Then you have Derrick Henry. So, I mean, Derrick Henry is. Who's WR1? Still, DeAndre Hopkins. Mm. Yeah. He's, he's not him of like five years ago. It's okay. You know, this man, Calvin Ridley have... didn't even play last season. You're like, well, Calvin Ridley. Then DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, nah, but maybe not. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's definitely a similar comparison. And I think uh, it's interesting trail- for the division only because, A, you're right. I do think the Jaguars take the division. I think it's going to be a tighter race between them and the Titans than most people think. So again, if you're looking for value, I think the money on the Titans is a pretty decent, you know, if you want to take a shot at somebody. But I'm also interested because Bryce Young and CJ Stroud are in this division, which I think is really going to be fun to to watch. I think that's Oh no, sorry, not Bryce. Am I You're thinking of Anthony wrong? Richardson. 
Anthony Richardson's yeah, here. The Colts, the Colts QB. Yeah. Which I think, I mean, the Colts are going to be still hot garbage. I mean, Jonathan Taylor's not going to end up playing for that team. Nope. I think if there's any surprise in that division, it would be the Colts out of every team. Really? I think it's, yeah. I, 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 I think it'll go Jags, Colts, Titans, Texans. I, I genuinely think that's how it's going to go because I think what's going to, I think the, the Titans don't have enough offense to go over the top. And I think the Colts will be surprising. And I just think the Jags are just going to build off of how they ended the season last year. And Trevor Lawrence is going to finally arrive as a top five quarterback. You guys are at your peril. You were underselling the Titans. Yo, side bet. <laughs> who finishes higher? The Titans yeah. or the Colts? No, t- or Titans or Jags. Who wins that division? You and me, side bet? No, I'm not doing a side bet because no, I think I'll, the Jags I'll, win the division. I was going to say, I'll bet you a DH gate jersey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, think that, I think the Titans, um, I just, I think, I think it's possible they take the division. I don't think they will. This is, I think they have a shot. This is why I think Maddie's not crazy. Because for in order for the Colts to have a better season than the Titans, if you just look at last year's records, the Titans were seven and ten. But so they you're, lost you're telling seven me, in a row. That's fine. That's not gonna happen uh, again. I mean it might not. But it they might not happen the first time. It might they might not win five in a row at the beginning of the season. Like all I'm saying is in order for the Colts to have a better record than the Titans had last year. They're still a below five hundred team. Like they all have to be is like seven and or eight and but nine below mediocre. That's it. Like they don't even have to be average. They don't even have to be decent. They just have to not be shit. Yeah. So it's not like a second place team in another division that's like ten and seven or something. You're like, oh yeah, there's not a fucking chance in the world that the Colts are going to be ten and seven. Right. But they they just need to be like they yeah, can still the have Titans, a sub five hundred record. And if the Titans had won. Less than half of those games they lost. Three, the Jags wouldn't be in the playoffs. But they didn't. I understand that. But we're just saying the same Anyways. thing for on the. So yeah, what's going to happen is Titan, Titans. That Titans are going to go three and two in their first five. Colts, I think, are going to go three and two. Jags, I think, are going to go four and one. Man, you really believe in the Colts? I think I think the Colts are going to be like two and fifteen. All right, so I guess the argument isn't necessarily um, who's going to be second place in the division, but it's who's going to be first place in this division. So are we all in agreement that it's going to be Tony Khan? Yeah. Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence, my Say boy. Say their WWE belt. Me, me right. owner of like eight Trevor Lawrence cards. I, I wrote in on the spreadsheet Tony Khan for all of us for AFC South. Uh, finishing out the AFC is going to be a division that is a bit no. more competitive, but maybe not. The Kansas City Chiefs were the winner of the AFC West last year. I guess so. I, dude, you can't you can't bet against Mahomes at this point. Like the dude has done enough at his age to show that he he deserves the benefit of the doubt and he deserves the favoritism that he's gonna get for picks like these. You know, until he shows otherwise, it's his division. It's well, his the only other team that looks like they may be in contention. So right now, Kansas City Chiefs are minus 180, according to FanDuel. Uh, second on the betting board would be plus 300 to the LA Chargers, plus 600 for the Denver Broncos, and then plus 1700, if you want some value, for the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. 
Obviously, the Chargers are the only team that are even close to being contention of winning this division. They had a decent record last year at 10 and 7. Justin Herbert, a lot of people are picking to be the MVP of this season. No, okay? I don't, I'm, I'm just saying. I know, but where is this coming from? I don't know, but I see all the time when I'm rolling through uh, you, or YouTube and I see like all my football channels that I follow, a lot of the thumbnails are my MVP pick this year is Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert. I'm like, okay. Like, I, I don't but know what the they're seeing. For the last two years, everyone said, it's this is Herbert. Yeah. This is Herbert. He's a fraud. It feels like. I don't, I mean, he's still a young quarterback. Let's keep that in mind. Like, For he was sure. one of the guys who. So, I mean, how Just, old is Justin Herbert? He can't be more than 20. He's the same draft class as Burrow and Hurts. And, he and is 25 years old. I just, I don't, I'm not saying it's never. I'm just saying what, what in the last couple years is saying it's now in a division with Patrick Mahomes. And, and let me tell you, let me talk to you. The Patrick Mahomes, I think his receiving core has improved with, I think Sky Moore is going to be a player. And he's going to have him. I think Isaiah Pacheco. You know, after his Super Bowl game, I think he's a legitimate running back, and not just because I took him in fantasy. Right? Kadarius Tony. I feel the opposite. Op- okay, so here's the thing. Here, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. And they have the best <laughs> I want, I, tight end I want, in the game. I warn you. I want to warn you about Pacheco. Okay, because I went down the same fucking road with uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. All right. You, I honestly think Clyde Edwards Hilaire is a good running back, but he's third on the Oh yeah, he's his career's over. <laughs> what I'm saying is, uh, Patrick Mahomes will fucking ruin the careers of every running back that plays for him because he's he... not going to throw them the ball. Okay, <laughs> that ball is going to Travis Kelsey and Travis Kelsey and Travis Kelsey. Sometimes Kadarius Tony, Travis Kelsey, and then MVS, Travis Kelsey, Travis Kelsey, and sometimes Sky Moore. That ball was never going to go to Isaiah Pacheco. Just saying that right now, you're going to be so pissed off at Pacheco by week four, and you're going to be pulling your hair out. And then the, year, the week he gets rid of him, he's going to come back with like a 200-yard <laughs> rushing game. Seven touchdowns, yeah. 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 No, I, I it's the Chiefs unquestionably. Like, I don't think... I like Not to say that these other teams are truly terrible, that the Raiders will be okay. The Chargers will be good, but, I mean, the Chiefs can skate into the playoffs in this division. Yeah, it's King's Court for the Chiefs. Like they, they have, they like they have next until someone beats them. So, yeah. um, you know, this is a pretty easy division for me. I mean, I even think the Chargers run away with with second in the division. I, I mean, does does Sean Payton make a difference in Denver? Maybe. You know, does is is Russell Wilson the Russell Wilson in Denver? Or is he the Russell Wilson from Seattle? Like, I don't I don't know anymore. He was so atrocious last year. And remember, listen, don't forget, we were all in Denver's dick last year on this podcast. We were like, that offense, Russell Wilson, we were we said they were gonna be good. And they were atrocious. I, I believe we did say that this is the move of the year for the NFL and like they got fleeced and Russell Wilson was bad. He didn't ride. <laughs> he did not ride. Uh, last year, I was looking at the picks. Um, James, you said the Broncos. I did not. Maddie, you said the Chargers. 
and I said the Raiders. For whatever reason, I think we're going to write that ship this year and we're all unanimously saying the Chiefs. Yes, the Chiefs. I mean, Jimmy G's, I, he's not bringing anything to the Raiders. I don't feel like. That I don't know, man. Vegas, if he's getting them P stars, that dude may be throwing <laughs> yard. I'm just going to say, like, none he's of us are, have any. In the pocket. Yeah, yeah he's <laughs> None of us have any, like, um, opinions on. I mean, not opinions, but none of us have any faith in Jimmy G turning that Raiders team around. Like, I mean. I mean, you look at the the weapons with Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams. Like the, the weapons are there. It's just they need a facilitator to get them the ball. Yeah, but true. Is he, and Jacobs was holding out though. Like, what? Like, is his heart in this season? I mean, I would hope so. And it's like I, the same I, thing I for the Chargers, right? Like Austin Eckler. Remember last year, Eckler quit on this team. I don't know if I would say he quit on the team. Didn't he leave for something? I don't. I don't recall that at all, honestly. He left. Um, maybe it happened because you remember. I had him on my team. I'm pretty sure he left. Uh, well, I'm event, looking at Austin Eckler. Move on. Okay, sure. But uh, if you want to spend a bit more time on the LA Chargers, yeah. So a lot of people talking about Justin Herbert being MVP. Um, the wide receiver core is as good as it's always been. Uh, older now, certainly with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, but those two are really good. Um, Gerald Everett at tight end. I like the look of the offense with the LA Chargers, especially with Austin Eckler in the backfield. And in the event Eckler can't go, because there has been times in his career where he's been hurt, but Josh Kelly has... He asked for a trade. And now he's reworked his contract and he's going to finish out this year. But he he left or something. I mean, I... I don't know about that, to be honest with you. But what I will say is that when Eckler is playing, he is one of the best players on the field. Like, he played 17 games last year, so I'm not quite sure exactly um, what you're referring to. Maybe but I think it's something in the off season. In the offseason, there was a number of running backs who were coming to the forefront and saying, look, we're not well, getting yeah. paid shit right now. True. And yeah. they're not wrong. And guys like Eckler, who's 28 years old, probably should be a lot richer right now than he actually is. If you look at the amount of money that running backs made 20 years ago and then look at how much money making they're making now, it's pretty much the same amount of money. Whereas was, everyone else in the NFL, their salaries have increased. I was thinking of Cam Akers. Okay. Well, that's a different yeah, different guy altogether. Similar name, though. So maybe that's... <laughs> Samsonite. I was way off. <laughs> yeah, I like Austin Eckler. He's a good dude. My bad. Never Sorry, Austin. Um, we're all in on Kansas City. Yeah. We might as well move right along, and we're going to move right into the NFC. And we might as well start where we start. And actually, you know what? Let's start. With, yeah, let's start where we started with the AFC. We'll start with the NFC East. So that, of course, is the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Giants, and the Commanders. That's actually the the ranking as well of in terms of what FanDuel believes. Uh, the final standings will be Philadelphia Eagles are favored at minus 115. The Dallas Cowboys plus 175. And then, oh boy, there's a drop. The New York Giants with a plus 700 and the Washington Commanders at a plus 1300. Um, Eagles. Eagles last year were 14 and three. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Cowboys and were 12 been, and five. They should. The two of those games, I believe Jalen Hurts was hurt. So. 
Yeah, there's like those games near the end of the year where they were in and people said there's no point in him playing, but he lost, like, what was it, the rib injury or whatever? Yeah, or, or, wrist, yeah, or wrist or something. They could have been, they could have been 16 and, and one. one. Sorry, 16 and one, 14 and one, 16 and one. Yeah, the yeah. Eagles are real good. Very good. And I really wonder, man, I, I still to this day don't understand the A.J. Brown trade and what on earth the Oof. Tennessee Titans were thinking. Yeah. And if, especially when we were talking about the Titans earlier, I, I wonder if like what they're looking for right now is AJ another A.J. Brown, which uh, is kind of hard to find. Eagles don't look all that different. Um Top they did add Rashad Penny, which I think is an interesting addition to that backfield. Very interesting. And well, it's just uh, it's it's, it's well, security. Dude, it's and DeAndre Swift is is RB one. DeAndre Swift is listed as their RB one. They still have Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott. So I feel like there's gonna be a lot of guys handling the football in the backfield for the Eagles with Penny, Gainwell, Scott, and Swift. But it's undoubtedly that AJ Brown is gonna be the number one target for Jalen Hurts. And honestly. Number one running back on that team is probably going to be Jalen Hurts. He's going to get you so many points in fantasy this yeah. year because he, love, he loves calling his number on the one-yard line, the two-yard line, the 15-yard line. That dude just loves being like, I'm Jalen Hurts, I'm running the ball. And you know what? A guy that has that kind of mentality and can back it up and do it, like the dude almost single-handedly won the Super Bowl for the Eagles last year. Against the Chiefs. Against the Chiefs. Yeah. Granted, the Chiefs aren't necessarily world I mean, stopper defense. They're was, all offense, but still. I would say it was like an all-time super, like one of the all-time Super Bowl individual Super Bowl performances. Performances for sure was Jalen Hurts last year. And what the sad thing is, like from a sports card perspective, I know that it's not entire. He's still undervalued amongst other quarterbacks. I still think he's underappreciated in the league uh, amongst th- those who who are paying attention. Yeah. But I mean, they they have. I mean, like super tight di- when when Devonta Smith is you know wide receiver two and AJ Brown's there and like even Dallas Goddard like Dallas Goddard's a, a top tier tight end in this league that and the defense man the 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 Eagles defense is also a fantastic defense so I don't know man. I just I, th- I as much as the Eagles are I think as good as we predict them and prognosticate them to be. I just think the Cowboys, again, frauds. The Cowboys are the biggest fraudulent team in the NFL, bar none. Well, we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago where the Cowboys could be a low-key rebuilding team right now. Well, because yeah. Trey Lance, right? Well, we, yeah, especially with Ezekiel Elliott taking gone. off as well. Yeah, yeah. Elliott gone. Um, what's last year, what are the last year Tony Pollard, I think, right? Yeah, Tony Pollard's gone. Tony Pollard is still no, no. Tony Pollard said, "Who's someone?" It was one of the receivers left. They lost Amari. They lost Amari Cooper a few seasons ago. Maybe maybe that's what it was. I feel like I, I, I know there was someone else too. Like I remember we were talking about this a couple weeks ago, and we were saying, "Oh yeah, they lost so and so as well." Anyways, currently their offense is Dak Prescott, Tony Pollard, C.D. Lamb, Brandon Cooks. So yeah, there definitely is someone that we're missing there that is no longer on that team. We're probably. See their name come up later, like, oh yeah, that's who it was. Right, but and nevertheless, I, I do think that I think that just the Cowboys are frauds. Like, I think Dak Prescott is a fine quarterback, but like, he's definitely not top five. Like, would you put him top five right now? He's a he's an interception machine. Interception, exactly. Like the dude puts up massive fantasy numbers, but if he also takes away because of how many interceptions he throws, 
Um, and a I lot hope- of last year's success that any like a lot of the Dallas and I know because I had their defense in fantasy was uh, Micah Parsons or Trayvon Diggs like overperforming in pick sixes and intercepting balls and giving the ball back to the to the Dallas offense that for a part of the time was being led by Cooper Rush. So I don't I don't believe in the Dallas Cowboys whatsoever. I just don't. I- to be honest, I don't think the Dallas Cowboys believe in Dak Prescott because you don't go get Trey Lance if you believe in Dak Prescott as strongly as you try and make it out you do. I Especially think, when you had Cooper Rush fill in just fine. Right. So I think I think what it is is Dak's got maybe a year or got has a year maybe two to get this team over the hump and get them into a conference final or bust for them. And then if not, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're just like, you're gone. That motherfucker Goodbye. has 10 games. That's what I think. I think Dak Prescott has 10 games. And if he looks like shit... He has to stay healthy. The dude hasn't yeah. stayed healthy in like five years. So, and then I don't know. The rest of the division, I mean... Giants may the, surprise a little bit. The Giants I wouldn't could be surprised. surprise. I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants finish second. I feel like Saquon is going to have the Saquon revenge tour this year. And that yeah. dude may... I think he may challenge for the rushing record. To be honest. Like, my I only concern with the Giants is their their wide receiving core. I, I don't know yeah, if they, I believe in any well, of those guys, but Darren Waller is an interesting tight end to have. Is yeah. he not? I agree. <laughs> It'd be but, great if he was your only tight end on your fantasy team, James, but you have 14 of them. So <laughs> unfortunately, you have to play other people on your fantasy team other than just tight ends. Right. But I, I like I said, I see the division going Eagles, Giants, Cowboys, Commanders, to be honest. Yeah, like I mean, I, the, the commanders. The commanders will be a team to watch in years going forward. I mean, they they really like what they saw out of Sam Howell. He's going to get the starting gig. Uh, he's like what they saw at the end of the year. He's going to get the starting gig this year. I think the commanders are on the brink of building something special. I just, I mean, that shit takes time. And in a yeah, division with the Eagles, you're not going to. It's not going to be anytime soon. And also consider um, Terry McLaurin, who is by far their best wide receiver got injured in the preseason and I don't know when he may be back. So yeah, the commanders are definitely at the bottom of the barrel for me in that division. So I guess we're all saying the Eagles. Yes, sir. All right. Um, I think the next division will actually give some sort of variety because lately if we've been looking at all our picks, it's been all the favorites thus far because it's been like a unanimous winner and everyone else has been, you know, unanimous losers. Except the cases for the AFC East and AFC North where we threw in like our favorite teams. At this However, point, we might as well just fucking pick who we think second is going to be for all these divisions. However, now we're into the NFC North where things are a little more interesting. So last year in the NFC North, the Minnesota Vikings were 13-4 and four and they won that division. Not too far behind them at 9-8 and eight was the Detroit Lions. 8-9. and nine for the Green Bay Packers, and then 3-14 and 14 for the Chicago Bears. Now, on FanDuel, it is plus 145 favorite Detroit Lions to win the division, plus 260 for the Minnesota Vikings, plus 350 for the Green Bay Packers, and then bottom of the, bottom of the list, but plus 430. So not even like... A significant difference. If you're looking at the NFC East, the Commanders were plus 1,300. The AFC West, the Raiders were plus 1,700 in the last place team in that division. The Bears are plus 430, which is almost good enough to be like the second or third place team uh, in comparison to other divisions of like where those teams ranked. 
Um, we talked a lot about the Bears at the end of the year last year. And we were saying, you know what? If they play their cards right, the Bears could shoot up this this list pretty quickly. Justin Fields was incredible in the second half of the season last year. Um, Darnell Mooney, I think, can be really good. We haven't quite seen it yet. But I think there's definitely an opportunity for that being a thing. Um, the Detroit Lions, who are currently favored to win this division, which is fucking crazy to say the Detroit Lions are favored in a world where, um, you know, it's not in 1995. I'm not sure I'm sold on it, although I do really like Amon Ross St. Brown, and I think he can be a game breaker and be someone who completely changes the dynamic of the team. The Green Bay Packers. Oh, brother. I no don't love. know what to expect without Aaron Rodgers, honestly. No love. Yeah, that's uh, going to be an interesting season for the Green Bay Packers. And the Vikings are the Vikings. You know you're going to get incredible production out of Justin Jefferson. You know, um, well, maybe not anymore. I was going to say Dalvin Cook's not there anymore. But Alexander Madison always, when Dalvin Cook went down, which is regularly, Alexander Madison always stepped in and played fantastic when he did. Kirk Cousins is Kirk Cousins, guys. Um, he is Kirk Cousins. So... I think if we were to do a bit more research and take a look at how many primetime games the Minnesota Vikings have, <laughs> we could definitely forecast exactly how many games they're going to lose because Kirk Cousins cannot win a primetime game. I don't think he has done so uh, so far in his career. So all that being said, I think we have two clear contenders for this division, whether it's the Lions or the Vikings. Who do you think it, it will be, James? The Minnesota Vikings, I think, set a historic record last year of winning games that they could have lost <laughs> like i forget what the stat was there was they were the how many games they they lost they won by like a small margin or uh I, for, I forget how the stat broke down but it was it was wild like apparently in some cases they had no business and i believe we talked about this last year there's a lot of games that other teams lost that the vikings took advantage of rather than the vikings winning uh so I mean the the Lions made made like quite a bit of a shakeup. Like again, DeAndre Swift, Jameer Gibbs came in. They drafted Jameer Gibbs, who a lot of high hopes for that guy, right? Jameson Williams suspended, so he's suspended for six games, which is, you know, he was very very good towards the end of last year. Uh, I don't know, man. I and like I said, Amon Ross St. Brown has been fantastic you know on the defensive side they got you know aiden hutchinson was amazing penny sewell's been amazing on the front i dude i don't know i like i really like the lions i like how they played at the at the end of last year i'm gonna take them to division and then to me it's a dog fight for the other three again i don't know what to expect out of jordan love i know they have a, a stud in christian watson on offense historically you would be led to believe that it's always next man up in green bay like they season rogers while Favre makes his exit roger steps in is fantastic they've been seasoning jordan love for two three years while rogers is there let's see if he steps in and can and can, can hold his own the the bears i mean dude don't forget the bears added dj moore right so their offense is way more well-rounded than it was, I think, before. They don't have to look at Darnell Mooney as, you know, 
uh, WR1. They have Chase Claypool, who's not as good as he used to be, but, I mean, he might be still there to be to give, like, you know. He could be a weapon. I don't know. I think you, you want to talk, again, we're talking value. I think there's value in the Bears. And I think Justin Fields, like a full year, if Justin Fields is moving at the clip he was at the end of last season, I don't know, man. I'm going to go Lions at the top, and then I, I really don't know for the rest. I really don't. All right. James, have you down for the Lions? Maddie, what are you thinking? Oh. Bears? No. Um, it's a tough one, right? Like This is yeah, actually one of the hardest divisions so far. so far. If the Bears won the division, I wouldn't be surprised, though. You know what? Hmm. I want to say the Lions. I just feel like that that back half of the year was a bit of an aberration. I don't think, you know, I think they'll come in with so much hype and pressure that they'll crumble a little bit. I just, I'm going to say the Vikings. Fuck it. I believe in Justin Jefferson. I mean, he's by far the best player in the division. So you're not off by saying that. Um, in fantasy, like Justin Jefferson is like, the one one or one two or one three like everyone wants to get a piece of that justin jefferson goodness but <laughs> honestly i may regret at the end of the year but i'm going bears wow i honestly think there is a chance for them to steal this division i don't blame you yeah. i don't i think i think there's something there uh i i just oh i think justin fields is something special and this is the year to do it where green bay is a big question mark where I also think Minnesota isn't as good as they look and Christ, the Detroit Lions are favored in this division. That never happens. So that can't be right. <laughs> so I feel like if ever there's going to be a year, this is going to be the one they're going to shock a lot of people. And Justin Fields is real, real good. So that's my reasoning as to why I'm picking the Chicago Bears to win this division. Moving right along, we got two more divisions left. The NFC South is next on our list. We have the Saints, the Falcons, the Panthers, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which, of course, are going to be, at least for now, until he comes out of retirement, without Tom Brady. The Buccaneers did win that division last year with a record of 8-9 and nine somehow, which is fucking ridiculous. And then everyone else was 7-10. Seven and seven and ten. The Panthers, the Saints, and the Falcons. Now, keep in mind, this is the Tom Brady-less Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is a Rob Gronkowski-less Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So according to FanDuel, the favorite to win this division is the New Orleans Saints at plus 130. And then you have the Atlanta Falcons at plus 210, the Carolina Panthers at plus 360, and then the Bucks are plus 750. So I get the impression that anyone can win this division other than Tampa at this point. Um, I don't know if I want to put any money on the New Orleans Saints. Do you guys? <laughs> Dude, I'm nope. going Carolina Panthers. I was gonna go. I, Bryce Young. Or sorry, Bryce Hall. Bryce Young. Bryce Young. <laughs> Bryce Young. We're getting there somehow. Oh, sorry, there's too many Bryces and Youngs and Halls in the NFL. I mean, of all the crazy <laughs> marinations, of all the crazy ass names in the NFL, we're getting tripped up over Bryce and Brees. But yeah, <laughs> no, it's true. Go ahead, Jim. I, I do like the addition in Carolina of Miles Sanders. I and think Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen as well. Yeah, they've completely overhauled that offense in Carolina. And presumably, 
they have taken into consideration what Bryce Young can do, and they have found complementary pieces in Miles Sanders, in Adam Thielen as well. Well, they're veterans, so, right? Veteran, yeah, uh, that are going to help calm him down uh, in games where you know it's 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 the NFL, and having guys like that who have been around the block, who know a thing or two, they've both been on winning teams, Thielen with the Vikings and Sanders with the Eagles. I think it's just it's pedigree in front of a young quarterback. Again, uh, Baker Mayfield, you know, I mean, how long before Man. Kyle Trask starts in the Bucks? Um the the Falcons, I mean, dude, people are hot people are hot on Desmond Ritter. Um, to me the jury's out. I like I like what Atlanta's doing. I just don't know if Desmond Ritter can stir that drink. Kyle Pitts can be super frustrating. He's got all this talent. I feel like he's not quite there yet. Drake London seems like the real deal. Um, so I, I, I really do like what Atlanta's doing. I just don't think they're there yet. I think the Panthers have leapt over the Falcons here. And, I mean, when it comes to the Saints, I mean, it, it's entirely within the realm of possibility that Derek Carr and Chris Olave are super dynamic and we're undercutting that that pairing i just mm, i don't know i i I guess with my gut it's the panthers yeah i'm going with the panthers too i just feel like this division is so wide open and when you got to play these teams in the division so many times um you can get your wins and get yourself in to being division winner just easily based off that I am also going to go with the Panthers, um, mainly because I th- I can see what New Orleans is doing. I just don't know if they can do it all together. You know what I mean? Like I don't know if it's all going to come together. What that plan is in New Orleans. Uh, Derek Carr to me can be great, can be mediocre, he, and in reality, he's probably somewhere in between. But he shows both. Alvin Kamara is going to miss the first four or six weeks or whatever it is with the suspension. Yep. So that's going to put them behind the eight ball immediately. I know they got Jamal Williams and I love me some Jamal Williams, the big anime guy. I don't even like anime, but I like the fact that he's an anime guy. I love how he only signs autographs for fans that trade him anime, manga, shit like that. You know, it could be like a lanyard uh-huh. and that's, he'll do it, but he's like only anime. He's like, that's how you get my autograph, which is kind of cool though. Yeah, exactly. I was gonna say, what a fucking nerd, and yeah. I appreciate the fact that he is a nerd. I love but it. Here, here's the thing: is for a culture of, you know, sports where it's like you gotta be this big tough guy, you gotta be like, right, you gotta be the alpha. It's nice to see a dude who's just like, and came out to say this. Like, I think someone else in the NBA also said it too, who's just like, you wouldn't believe how many anime fans there are in the NFL and like players and the NBA. He's like, they don't say it, but he's like, you have guys out there who are just the biggest nerds and you know what it's nice to see a dude like jamal williams just embrace it like a guy like me who a lot of people are shocked when they find out how big of like an anime nerd i am they're just like oh it's probably like why it's just you like what you like yeah absolutely and i am also interested in the usage of Taysom hill at tight end for new orleans i think Taysom hill is one of the most dynamic players in the NFL, but we'll have to see what the usage is. They might not use them at all (laughs) and it doesn't matter. But if you can essentially line up two quarterbacks on every play, that's something. So that's the reason why I can see New Orleans potentially taking this division. 
I don't think there's a chance in hell Tampa Bay takes it. Atlanta, I think, has way too many question marks. I like Drake London, but not enough to take the entire division on him. So after considering all that, that's why I'm going with the Panthers. I believe in Sanders. I believe in Thielen. I believe in Chark. Um, I think there's enough around Bryce Young for him to have an incredible uh, rookie season. So that's why I'm going with the Panthers. We have reached our final division of the NFL. And that, of course, is the NFC West. And this one has at least two potential competitors to win this division. Uh, According to FanDuel, the San Francisco 49ers are favored at a minus 165. Then the Seahawks, a plus 200. That's an interesting one. Uh, The LA Rams are a plus 1,000. And then certainly the team that is going to be the worst team in the NFL. I know I was probably being hyperbolic earlier when I said the Pittsburgh Steelers would be the worst team in the NFL. The Arizona Cardinals are surely going to be the worst team in the NFL this year. Um, If you look at last year's standings, it was the 49ers winning the division with a a record of 13 and four. The Seahawks were nine and eight. The Rams were five and 12 and the Cardinals were four and 13. Gentlemen, it pretty much comes down to whether you think it's going to be the Seahawks or the 49ers. Who are you picking? Niners. I'm not the biggest believer in Brock Purdy, but I think the team around him is good enough to support him if he kind of takes a step back from how he performed latter half of last year and into the playoffs. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go Niners. James. A full year of a healthy run CMC could be massive for the 49ers. So, uh, I, I do like, again, I do like where the Seahawks are going, but again, are you, are you going to put your hopes on Geno Smith? I have a history of putting my hopes on Geno Smith. <laughs> and I know that it doesn't always pay off. So I, I just don't I just don't see the 49ers moving off the top spot there. I'm going to take the 49ers. And I think Brock Purdy, you know, if Brock Purdy fails, they got Sam Darnold. <laughs> Another guy you put hope in before. <laughs> Another guy I put my hopes on. Yeah, I think, I think we're... Uh not necessarily unfair to the Rams by not even considering them. Matt Stafford ain't it. Uh, Cooper Cup's real good, though. But he's but I think that's, questionable to start. Yes, and that's a big, big problem for the Rams. Um, the Arizona Cardinals are in shambles. Uh, Kyler Murray, I don't know if he's even going to be healthy enough to play. And if he does, he's not even that good anyways. Well, so, Modern Warfare 3 is coming, too. So, And that's also a very good point, that there is a new Call of Duty coming out. And you know the second that happens, Kyler Murray is not going to be considered about considering football in any way. So yeah, that brings us down to the 49ers and the Seahawks. Uh, James, I'm sorry, I didn't write yours in. You said the 49ers, right? Yes, sir. So yeah, there are only two real options in this division are the 49ers and the Seahawks. And I kind of like both of these teams for different reasons. Um, I believe in the supporting cast of the Niners in McCaffrey and uh, Debo. But for the Seahawks, I believe in Geno Smith way more than I believe in Brock Purdy. And that's not necessarily a slight on Brock Purdy. It's just I've seen more of Geno Smith. And I I don't necessarily think Geno Smith is a fantastic quarterback. I just think there was signs last year of everyone on that Seahawks roster believing in Geno Smith. Like, I'm not necessarily saying... It's a good situation for Geno Smith. Like, I feel like that's the environment propping a player up. I think so. I think the dynamic is there. I think Gino's in the right place to be successful. I think his guys believe in him, regardless of whether he can do it or not. And sometimes that's what you need. You need that um, feedback from your team. And 
listen, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are still big time weapons in the NFL. If everything gets on page, I think the Seahawks could be the one to win this division. So my pick is going to be the Seattle Seahawks to win this division against my better judgment, just because I'm not giving Brock Purdy the love he probably doesn't quite deserve yet. So that means we now have a winner of every division. So now it's time to pick one of those teams that we have said is going to win this their division to go on and win the Super Bowl. Now, I guess you could theoretically pick a team that didn't win a division and say they're going to win from a wild card space, which is possible. But I won't be doing that. Um, for my Super Bowl pick, oh, I really want to say the Ravens, but that'd be a dumb thing to say. So I'm going to say, you know what? I'm going to go stupid. I'm going to go stupider than the Ravens. And I'm going to, just because we shit-talked him so much earlier in this episode, I am writing in Tony Khan as the Super Bowl champion for 2023 slash 2024. I'm going to Jacksonville Jaguars as your Super Bowl winning team. I don't necessarily believe it's going to happen. Again, it's one of those situations where I kind of just want to put that energy out there. Um, Could it absolutely happen? I think it absolutely could happen with the potential that we see in Trevor Lawrence and the potential we see with him and Travis Etienne. The two of them together, I think, can be a dynamic duo that takes over the NFL. A lot of things are going to have to fall in place for that to happen. But I want it to happen because I think it'll be a fun story. And I really want to see Triple H send a World Heavyweight Championship belt to Tony Khan. I think that would be fucking hilarious. So I'm going with the Jacksonville Jaguars as Super Bowl champion for 23-24. I mean, Tony would have his own title, sir. Like, he would just make... Doesn't matter. (laughs) Yeah. He just sent him one of those NFL belts that they may take off the store. Yeah. Jim, who are you taking? He's going homer. He's going the Jets. I know it. Don't not fucking say the Jets. You you can't be serious right now. Look at that face. Look at that. Oh my God. (laughs) I want to say the Jets, but I feel Uh like if I pick someone else and the Jets win, then I get like the best of both worlds. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of like when you bet against your team, you know, if if they lose, then you win. And if you win and they lose, at least you won. Um, It's called happiness insurance. Yes. It's hard for me to bet against the Chiefs, man. It's really hard. Really hard. So I think, I'm, you know, knowing, like just knowing that you like it's so hard to bet against the Chiefs, I'm going with the New York Jets, baby. Oh. <laughs> swerve me, bro. I was already typing Kansas City. I'm Okay, I'm stuck between two teams. I'm stuck between the Bengals, who I think it might finally That's be time a good for them. Or the Eagles, who I think after last year getting a taste, getting so close that they're going to be hungry. Um, I think with how complete they are, with not a lot of changes, I, I I think it's the Eagles. I still don't have faith in that O-line for the Bengals. I don't have faith that they can protect Joe Burrow against the heavier defenses he's going to have to play. Um, specifically the Steelers, the Bills, and the Jets. So I'm I'm going to go with the Eagles. You know, if the Jets don't win, I want the Eagles to win. I really like Jalen Hurts, so yeah, me too. I'd be okay. Like, like it's the same thing. I would want the Jets to win for sure, but you know, I'm happy with the Eagles. That's pretty much it. <laughs> All right. Well, we will revisit this list as we uh, get close to the actual Super Bowl, or I guess as the season ends, and then again once the Super Bowl is uh, locked up and about to take place. But before we get to 
the Super Bowl. We're going to have to get through week one. And week one is upon us. Of course, it is a Thursday night football that's going to kick everything off with the Lions and the Chiefs, which I believe is going to be on Amazon Prime, which will be uh, fun. I'm actually going to have I'm going to I'm going to have to watch that game in uh, somewhere in San Francisco. I'm going to figure that one out uh, later this week. But that's not the only game. Of course, there's going to be a ton of games on the Sunday and there's only the one Monday night football game this week. So a lot of times in previous seasons, they were doing two Monday night football games on week one. For whatever reason this year, it's just one. Actually, next uh, week two, they're doing two uh, Monday Night Football games. Nevertheless, we have the full slate of games to pick. What we're going to do here, I'm going to pick one game. James is going to pick a different game. Matt is going to pick a different game. We're going to pick three games between the three of us, and we're going to tell you who our locked-in pick of the week is. And this matters because at the end of the year, we're going to total up who had the best picks and who had the best advice to all of you. At the end of the year. year. Last year was a tie between me and Maddie. We went 12 for 18. Uh, James was 8 for 18. So, uh, you know, let's take that into consideration when you listen to James. <laughs> I'm going to go first since I'm hosting the show and I'm going to take the opportunity to take a team that uh, I want to take before you guys can. So, uh, we were just talking about every, every division, obviously, but one of the things I did mention was who I think is going to be the worst team in the NFL. And I jokingly said the Pittsburgh Steelers, but it's not the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's in fact going to be the Arizona Cardinals. Oh, and the Arizona I'm Cardinals take this fucking game too. <laughs> the Arizona Cardinals Fuck. begin their season at uh, on the road against the Washington Commanders. So, in a normal circumstance, would I ever really want to take Washington Commanders? No, but in a situation where they're playing the team that I believe is going to be the worst team in the NFL this year, you bet your ass I'm going to take the Washington Commanders with my first pick this year. And my locked-in pick, pure bet for week one, not official uh, betting advice, not sponsored yet by FanDuel.com. Yet. Yet. Not sponsored yet.com. Correct. Jim? Uh, he's going to take the Jets over the Bills on the Monday Nighter. You know he's going to You no, can't no, no. fucking take that game. No, I am taking the Vikings over the Bucks. Uh, if I don't believe in the Vikings completely this year, I do think they have enough in the tank to beat the shitty-ass Buccaneers. So I'm going to get my pick for the Vikings out of the way, and I'm taking them over the Bucks. The Vikings are at home, and they are favored by six as of time of recording. So not a bad pick at all. Uh, my Washington Commanders, by when I say my, I mean my in terms of this week, uh, Washington Commanders are favored by seven points over the Arizona Cardinals. Commanders are at home. Maddie, you get the final pick of this week. I'm going to take the Jags over the Colts. Oh, they're early. You mean Tony Khan? Jags, Trevor Lawrence. I'm taking <laughs> Trevor Lawrence, sir. Show respect. Put respect on the name. Jacksonville Jaguars are on the road uh, in Indianapolis, but they are favored by four and a half points. So that is our three locked-in picks. I am taking the Washington Commanders. James is suggesting the Minnesota Vikings, and Maddie is taking the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, what we should do going forward, and I'm not going to do it now because it's going to take too much time, but what we should do is like actually build a parlay and see what the odds are. <laughs> yeah. To, uh, we can, we can start that like next week Yeah, for the yeah, week so- two games. We'll look into that for next week, but you know, rough math would say if you bet five dollars, you'll make money if all of yeah. these pay. There you go. I know. Yeah. I know some people that listened reached out and said that um, 
they would sometimes take our picks and do like a $10 parlay on it. And they got paid out a little bit last year. Oof. So $10 is a, is a big investment in us idiots. In podcast, yeah. But, right? yeah. Um, one, I'm just counting up how many times that worked out last year. One, two, three, four, uh, four times last year. <laughs> you would have uh, won your parlay if you bet on all the recommendations we had. It would have happened way more times if James didn't suck so bad. Because there was like one, two, three, four weeks where James was the only wrong answer. And both Maddie and I were right. So that would have been almost half the season. We were absolutely right if we didn't have James bringing us down. For non like super invested experts, that's not a bad rate if we were 50%. Yeah, we just need James to like pull his uh, pull his weight around here, you know? Ah, uh, It's probably because he took the Jets a lot in games he shouldn't have taken the Jets. No, we can only take them once, so... Yeah, you know what it was? It was he saved. I, I believe it was he came on strong in the back part of the year. It's because he picked a lot of hard games early. Yeah, and I tried not to pick favorites early. Ones. Yeah, we took easy ones starting. So anyway, I think it's back to Dustin. Yeah, it's about that time. I think is what you're about to say. It's yeah. about that time for everyone's favorite segment of the week. That's right, it's time for everyone's favorite segment of the week because it is the segment where we get to hear Maven's entrance music from his time uh, with the World Wrestling Federation. Uh, just doing the math right now, a $10 parlay on those three games would have been a $17 win if you uh, throw 10 bucks on there. So not the greatest, but you know almost what? Almost doubling your money. Almost double, doubling your money, so keep that in mind. Um, I'll go first. I don't know if you guys have one prepared or not. Oh, but I, do. I do. I saw this on X earlier this week and i thought it was really cool it was an autograph signing with t higgins and you know he's doing his autographs and whatever and time came for him to pack it up so he started walking out to leave and he all of a sudden realized holy shit there's more people out here and he like turned his head around the corner and there's like a huge line of people still waiting to get autographs and he said all right i'm going back inside and he turned around and went right back inside and signed autographs for everyone in the line like that's just really fucking cool like he could have yeah. just walked away and said, I'm going, it's, you know, I yeah, was scheduled to be here from 12 to three and it's three o'clock and I'm leaving. No, he, he, he thought the line was completed, but when he left, he saw there's a whole lot more people in line and said, I'm going to go right back inside and sign all these autographs. And that's coming from a Baltimore Ravens fan saying that for a player on the Cincinnati Bengals. So shout out to T Higgins for just being what appears to be a really cool dude. Yep. So mine is also football related. Ooh. Mine is for the debut of Coach Prime in the NCAA for Colorado University. So a lot of people were giving shit saying to, you know, Deion Sanders, primetime, arguably the best nickname in all sports. Um, and, you know, saying, you know, just, I guess, not giving him the respect for what he did at his uh, HBCU and, you know, coming in, taking over a D1 team in Colorado bringing his son in as the quarterback there was i think a 83 transfers of players into his team and a lot of them are guys that he brought with him from his previous school he upset the number 17 tcu 45 to 42 his kid the starting qb had 510 passing yards and four tds including the go ahead in the fourth quarter and he all said he's like you didn't believe me i told you we coming and we coming and there's few dudes in this world that can, 
I guess, run like an NFL level promo and be able to back it up in the world of sports. One of those dudes where if he says it, you kind of got to believe it's going to happen as Dion. So, you know what? Good on him for showing up and, you know, putting all the people to shame that kind of doubted him and really showing that, you know what? He's here to play. And there's a funny tweet after where he came up to the quarterback or one of the players of um, TCU after the game, he was talking to him and the guy's like, this is the last dude you want talking to your player after the game. And the comment on it was like, yeah, he's gone. He's going to Colorado. So, cause he's a great recruiter. I mean, who, why wouldn't you want to play for him? Right. So my shout out is to Colorado university coach prime and his son. You know, when he said coach prime, it immediately yeah. reminded me of uh prime, uh, hydration drink. Did you guys see the new flavor of Prime? No. Uh, there's a Glowberry. So it's okay. an all all black bottle with green text. And they have DX. like, it, it looks like the DX drink is what it looks like. Yeah. And they have some of them. And I don't know what you get if you find it or whatever, but they have like holographic logos as well. Like all of a sudden you're chasing for trading cards or something. It's really fucking smart. But huh. nevertheless, I'll James, check go it out. Ahead. Uh, my shout out is to Shy Gilgis Alexander and the Canadian national yes. basketball team. Dude, they came, they had two major comebacks, including the one uh, against Spain. And I think they outscored, dude, Shy Gilgis Alexander outscored Spain by himself in this last game. And the Saga squad uh, qualified for the Olympics uh, in this FIBA tournament. Uh, the USA lost to Lithuania, by the way. But. Um, <laughs> Uh, it's cool to finally see Canada in basketball have the depth of roster that uh, Jamal Murray can sit out and they can kind of pick and choose from international guys and then sprinkle in the really good NBA guys and be super competitive. You know, guys like Kelly Olynyk uh, have been there and he's playing Dylan Brooks, who, you know, despite being a mouthpiece, played really well in this tournament. So shout out to SGA and Team Canada for, you know, qualifying for the Olympics. And shout out to all of you for tuning in to another episode of 43.6, which of course is brought to you by Now Your Treasures. We'll see you next week. But until then, please help control the pet population and have your pets spayed or neutered.